you know, I thought he was a lot of fun, you know, as a personality and yeah. like, and he that, that, I mean, obviously that's what he's known. For, like, like that was his whole campaign. Like let's make USPSA fun again. And, uh, I, I appreciate that perspective because this is a sport and it should be fun. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Yemen and I had squatted together at, um, Bighorn Classic, the Colorado State match last year. I think it was last, maybe it was two years ago. But we squatted together, man, had a lot of fun shooting with him. And um, so, you know, got to know him, and uh, I'm quite fond of the guy. So I'm, I'm sorry to see this go the way it's gone, but what do I know? Yeah. Can you can you see that? I Riley? do. Yeah, okay. looks good. All right, good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to this special episode of the Casual Shooters Podcast with my guest today, Riley Bowman. How you doing, Riley? Very well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for throwing out the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I pinged you and it's like, hey, man, like when the, we get the matchbook for Care Optics Nationals, let's uh, let's do like a Care Optics preview. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Now I was thinking, skipping all the, the between the first twenty five pages are basically all ads and some information stuff. So right. my thought was we'd go from page one, which is the cover, to page twenty six, which is the stages, all listed out though. Right. And because right. there were a couple of things that stood out to me. The first thing I looked for was Virginia count, and I saw there are two of them. Yep. And then yep. the next thing I, I looked saw at. the same well, thing. Okay. And my next thought was how many of those are 24 rounds? And when you know it, there's a Virginia count 24 or Virginia. Yeah, Virginia um, 24 round count stage. But so my thought was, okay. Those people with the magazines that can actually take 24 rounds would have an advantage. Thinking like the uh, classifier they had at Carry Optics Nationals, where it was the 24-round stage. Um, but I guess it's actually a, a mandatory reload, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's stage five, and that's, uh, it's actually two different strings, right? Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's a very simple standards type stage. Uh, mm -hmm. It's 10 yards and 15 yards away. And yeah. Open targets too. Targets. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot each of those targets two times, mandatory reload, shoot them again, two rounds each strong hand only, and then repeat it again from the 10 yard line, two rounds each freestyle mandatory reload, two rounds each weekend only. So, I mean, Nothing terribly uh, inventive to that one, but no. it's okay. I, 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 I kind of saw that one. I was like, eh, that stage is kind of meh in my opinion. But at the same time, I'm, I'm totally okay and on board with having standards type stages to mix it up, even at a nationals level event, as long as it, you know, don't overdo it. But yeah, so yeah, that okay. is one of the Virginia count stages for sure. Yeah. Now, the next thing I did was I calculated the total number of rounds from this page. Mm -hmm. I got 444. 
So mm -hmm. for you, how many total rounds of ammunition are you bringing, knowing that you need a minimum of 444? Yeah, so my approach with such things is I try to bring at least 50% more. And so running the numbers on that, it puts me really close to 700. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, and I would certainly feel comfortable, like that's plenty of rounds. So then it just comes down to, well, how much practice do I want to do while I'm at, you know, at the match? And this, this appears to be a match in a range location that is going to have a truly available practice bay that's not, you know, unavailable until 9 a.m. and things like that, like the Talladega <laughs> rain. Uh, and so I, I might be inclined to do a little bit more practice at this particular match. And then we also have things like the uh, build drill challenge that they're that they're repeating again from last year with Henning Group involved and now Colt's a sponsor of that and Shooting USA is doing coverage of that and sponsoring it as well. And and so I'll probably want to, you know, take some attempt attempts at the build drill challenge. I mean, I did pretty well with that last year. And uh, so I, I, I'm probably going to honestly, I'm probably going to come out with about a case of ammo, about a thousand rounds, uh, which is probably way over, you know, what I need. But I'm also likely driving to the match. And so I'm not OK. Uh, I could ship I could ship it. If, and that's usually what I do when I'm flying into a major match is I'll usually ship ammo. Um, as opposed to trying to get it into my checked baggage, although I've done it that way as well. Um, in this case, I'm I'm likely driving because I'm actually going to uh, on the return trip just make a make a stop or two and do some business on the way home. So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. taking a little bit of an extended trip on the way home then. I'll extend okay. it by about a day. I got I got a stop in Indiana um, that I'm going to make uh, that I just got confirmed this morning with a guy. Uh, so doing some business in Indiana and there might be one other place I stop um, on, on the way back uh, after, after Indiana, back to Colorado. So, okay. Yep. So now when you, when you got this email, what was the first thing you were checking in the matchbook? Uh, yeah. So I'm very similar to you in that um, I go right to, right to this page, the one you know that you're on right now and okay. look at the different zones look at the round counts um you know and, and then i start like you just did like okay so which what's different about these are unique okay we got two virginia count stages okay all right and i'm okay with that as well i mean uh virginia yeah. counts not favorite thing in the world because i'm an american and i like you know i like blasting <laughs> all the things all the time but uh but i'm i'm also okay with the concept of you know having something a little different occasionally and so two stages of virginia count Okay, no big deal there. Which ones are those? I did the, I did the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> is there one of these that's, you know, going to push me to 24 rounds in a mag? Nope. Okay, don't have to worry about that because I don't have uh, a setup currently where I can actually, well, if I could start loaded, I can have 23 because uh, my gun right now, the way things are set up with my mags are 23 plus one. So, um, so I looked at that, found that was a non-issue. Then the next thing I started looking at were things like um, I'll look at uh, if there's like what kind of stages there are as far as like if they're kind of standard stages where you have the mandatory reloads, um, one handed shooting. So in that I found that uh, we've got I think it's three stages that have mandatory reloads. Um, I was actually in the middle of going through and identifying exactly which ones those were 
we know the stage five, the one we just talked about, that's the Virginia count with the two strings of fire. Um, I believe, let's see, what was the other ones? Let's see if I can find them real quick. I go through, so what I do, um, the next thing I basically do, um, David, is I go through and I, I underline or circle key words like unloaded start or tabled start or um, a, an unconventional hand start position. Um, just so I'm aware of those things ahead of time. Um, I, I don't know how much of that will factor into my pre-match prep. Because uh, I'm generally practicing different hand start positions regardless. But, um, you know, we got three stages where you have typically a hands or wrists above shoulder start. I think there's actually two of those. One stage that is a hands on mark uh, or hands on marks start. Um, you got three stages, the mandatory reloads. So I'm looking at that stuff. And so I'm, I'm underlining and circling some of those key words so that as I'm reviewing those stages, uh, I don't miss that stuff. Um, I'm not finding quickly what the other mandatory reload ones are, but oh, here's one stage 17, another standard stage. Oh, yep. This is the other Virginia count stage. Um, it looks kind of similar to that. 22 was it 22 dash 0405 classifier can't remember the right. name of it four targets either. one's a stack you basically shoot yes four rounds on one target four rounds on another target perform a mandatory reload and do the same thing this is almost the exact same setup um as that's that what i thought it was initially <laughs> yeah yeah um except in this case it's using ipsic targets with hard cover instead of in the case of that 22 series classifier from last year um, where you had a, uh, uh, a no shoot target mixed into the stack in the middle. Um, but yeah, it's wrist above respective shoulders uh, facing downrange mandatory reload. And, but the one, there is one other major difference between that previous classifier and this, which looks like it could be a classifier. Um, after your reload, you still have to engage two more targets with four rounds each and then that is done stronghand only. So that'll be kind of an interesting mix on that. Um, and then I identify stages that have one-handed shooting. There's two of those. We just covered the, the one, the stage 17 here. Oh, and here's the other mandatory reload stage, um, stage 18, which uh, has got a, look, you know, kind of a wall or barrier. It's not right up against the shooting area based on the diagram. But you got an mm. array on the left, an array on the right, and each yeah. array is four targets each, a couple of stacks, a couple of uh, tuxedo targets. So you shoot um, either array, it says, either T1, T4, or T5 to T8, do a mandatory reload, and engage the other side. And it's uh, it doesn't matter, you know, it's, it's freestyle. So you can go either side and free, shoot freestyle the whole time, but you do have a mandatory reload between the, the arrays. And that's a wrist above shoulders uh, start as well. So right. that's, that's kind of stuff I look for. Yeah. Yeah. And I went ahead and put that one up on the screen because the interesting, interesting thing about that is it's the same exact set of targets just rearranged on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Right. And I, I appreciate stuff like this where on the left side array, it looks like, you know, we, we obviously know not to trust exactly the stage diagrams and layouts. And right. 
Um, but it's apparent that, you know, part of the challenge here will be that you have a tuxedo target on the left side array that's relatively close, but then on the right side, it's going to be probably the furthest away one or, or close to it. Right. And so, so that'll yeah. add a, a, you know, additional level of difficulty or complexity. So I, you know, I appreciate stage design like that. Again, not, I'm not the like biggest fan of Virginia count stuff or, or, uh, standards type stages, but I don't have a problem with them as long as we don't, you know, end up with too many of them. Now there is a, a fair number of um, kind of standards like stages um, at, at this match. Um, but I also appreciate that there's, there's, there's still a pretty good mix and there's a bunch of also really good looking stages as well, you know, with really, uh, I mean, nice, like there's a couple of 32 round count stages um that's stage 19 and 13 or 32 round count um i did a, a an average round count for the whole match is uh, 22.2 rounds so okay I, I think that's a pretty good place to be um, i would agree a, yeah yeah you got a, you got a couple of 12 round stages a couple 16 round stages a 13 a 14 and then everything else is basically 24 to 32 rounds. Yeah, I think when I did my initial uh, tabulations, yeah, you had you had eight stages between 25 and 32 rounds, eight stages between 16 and 24 rounds, and then four stages, zero to 15 rounds. So, yep. yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I like it. I mean, I, I think it's pretty well balanced in that regard. Yeah, I agree. And I, the other thing about, let me go back to this one real quick, um, was there were only, what, one, two, there were only three stages that were 30 or more rounds. Mm -hmm. So that means the other five of those 25 to 32 were really between 25 and 29 rounds. So Interestingly enough, it's just a way to make you now you've got to think, okay, five of those big stages, I know I need to do at least one mag change. So, you know, you mm -hmm. start thinking of little things like that, that, we, as you said, we know that the stages are not going to look the same when you get there, they will be different. But yes. at least you know what the round counts going to be. And you can start getting an idea of what things you need to just brush up on like the two table starts two table starts isn't enough for you to win the match you could lose the match right. but at least okay i'll do a couple i'll do a little bit of practicing maybe even just the night before just to get again comfortable with it so the next day when i start it's like okay everything's good yeah you know i i try not to overthink uh those unconventional type starts um i practice them but not you know, I, I'll, if I'm being honest, I've never practiced that stuff to a like at a high volume, if you will. Um, I practice it periodically. Yeah, maybe you know, usually as a result of, hey, I've got a major coming up and almost always at majors, we're going to see something like that, at least one or two. Like, again, you, we, we've got two table starts, like you pointed out, one of those being unloaded. I didn't see now here's here's this is interesting of note. So I don't think you know, magnets or that kind of thing are going to be a factor uh, at this match. I didn't see anything that stated 
that you had to start with all loading uh, right. magazines. You're not on staging the, on the your mags. Yeah. So it to me it looks like you're. Uh, and now, granted, we've certainly have seen matches and including nationals matches where we get the match book and we get there and they've you know changed something like that. So it doesn't mean that that won't happen. But as the stage uh, diagrams and descriptions currently exist, there's nothing where you're going to be picking up mags off of a table or having to stage them all on tables or barrels. So probably a good thing to, again, ha kind of have that feather in your cap, so to speak, as far as like, you know, don't overlook that. That could always change. But uh, but as of right now, a magnet probably isn't, you know, a huge factor. I had my magnet actually fell off my belt. Uh, the, the screw uh, attachment broke and I haven't replaced it for a couple of months now. And uh, I was thinking maybe I should get that, you know, fixed before nationals in case that's a factor. As of right now, it's, it's not, but I'm going to probably go ahead and get it put back on just in case if they change something on us and I have to, you know, stow a magazine on the start. Well, and uh, I've found that I just put my first magazine that I'm going to, when I load and make ready, that's my magazine. I just put it on the magnet. So it's easy. It's convenient to get to. Sure. Sure. Cause the yeah, only well, other time I use it is on a stage start where I'm having to stage mags. Up, yeah. 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 I, I uh, it, it is nice to have that magazine from a, a, a loading, you know, perspective or just like a getting ready for a stage or even when I get done shooting, you know, just to stow it away quickly. But um, yeah, I, I, I I'll get mine repaired here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I the other thing we... I'm not. Go ahead. Hey, I was just going to say the other thing I'm not really seeing. Uh, and again, we can't trust stage diagrams too much in the matchbook, but not seeing anything that appears to be even like a low port. Now, again, we've certainly seen where, right. where, you know, stage diagram looks one way and you get there. It's like, Oh, we have a low port now, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So, I would not be surprised to see, you know, a low port or two added. But as of right now, as far as I can gather, um, there's not anything that seems to be indicating a low port position. I so. think I think I may cut this out of the video so they don't get any ideas. I don't want to hear them here. <laughs> there are no low ports and then they add it. <laughs> well, I, I, I added the disclaimer. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Happen. Right. But like, I'm thinking back to last year's Care Optics Nationals and the diagrams, you know, like even from the diagram, we knew there was going to be some kind of like Cooper-like tunnel like we had on what was a stage 22. Um, mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that we saw in the diagrams and we saw it in the match. Um, right. This one's not showing anything like that. Like, again, could change. We've certainly seen, right. but that would be a drastic change, though. You know, that would be a complete change so. to the stage to design. But to, to okay. have a to have a low port added. Somewhere? Oh well, no, I mean like a Cooper tunnel, oh, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. would be a would be a big change. A low port, yeah, I agree. That's that's simple. So yeah, yeah. The other what thing that kind of struck me, Riley, was. Um, I noticed it, but Steve Anderson actually put a post out today about it. How many open targets there are. There are a lot of open targets. Now that could change too, mm -hmm. but Absolutely. listing them out, you know, he actually listed them out and it's like 137 open targets compared to 43 partials. 
Yeah, um, I, I was picking up on that as well. I didn't go through and count them, um, but based I didn't on either. Current, based on current diagrams, uh, there's not a lot, not as many parcels as what I am accustomed to seeing, and it's not like it's difficult for them to add these um, partials in the diagrams because this has all been done in you know 3D modeling software, um, and so it's pretty easy to drag and drop those partials in. Um, using that software so i mean there's several stages several i mean a, a good chunk of them actually that are pretty much all open targets um, well i've got stage one up on the screen and every single no i'm sorry if you you can see my cursor back here that's right. the only target that is a it's got like a half a tuxedo so half the left side of the target's blacked out so, yep. yep. But it would also be easy for them just to slap a bunch of no shoots over some of those and really change the yeah. dynamic too. Well, yeah. Again, I, I kind of i I personally expect to see. You know, again, I'm looking like here's another example. Stage uh, nineteen looks like all open targets, and maybe that's a no shoot stack next to a barrel. But everything else is wide open. That's so that's a stage I look at and go, hmm, I, I would expect to see some partials added in the field once they lay things out in the ground. Um, right. I don't know how prevalent that is at a national level match where you change things up that much. We see it all the time, obviously, at like locals and level twos where, you know, stage right. designers and match directors are like, hey, let's add a partial there, a no shoot, a hard cover. You know, let's, let's spice this up a little bit. Um, but Hey, we're designing stages on software here for a major national championship. And it's not hard to like, give us a little bit of an indicator that, Hey, you're going to probably see, you know, three or four parcels on this stage, stage 21, another good example, all open targets, stage yeah. 20, all open, except for, it looks like a no shoot stack, um, stage 19, I mentioned how it's basically all wide open. Um, 18's got a couple of partials. 17 is that standard stage with partial uh, hard covers. Stage 16, like, okay, so here's a good one, right? You got uh, four poppers. Uh, looks like a bobbing target with a stomp pad activator. Uh, this one this one looks like a, a nice mix. Um, you know, got a, looks like three hardcover partials and two no-shoots on this stage on a target that you know, only has 11 targets to begin with uh, or on a stage with only 11 targets total. So, you know, a little more than half of your targets on this stage are partials. Okay, cool. I expect things to be difficult at nationals for sure. Yeah. And you've got but, uh, seeing this, seeing this level of open targets is kind of like, Hmm, interesting. A little bit hosier yeah, maybe. I don't know. This one here, you've got a stack target, that same, same stage with a no shoot. So the shoulders of that bottom target right above that is a no shoot. You got a no shoot over here and then yeah, a couple of partials and it looks like the bobber is also a partial actually with hardcover. Yep. So, yep. and here's a curious part, the white, did they, now did they paint it? Is it just white in the diet? Now this is where, this is something I would be thinking about when I go to walk the stages at carry optics nationals in the diagram. This is white. Is it black on the ground 
Or is it white where they're like, okay, this is, if you hit the steel, it's like hitting a no shoot. You know what I mean? Like that would make things a little spicy too. Yeah. Um, that, that would be interesting. Um, there's a tendency on bobbing targets, especially uh, where there's steel, you know, on the bottom portion to, to, for people to hit the, it's usually hardcover. Usually. Yeah. It's a magnet uh, for me. Get, as you noted, yeah. there's a hardcover on the lower, you know, half or so of the actual target. Mm -hmm. And could they mix that up with some no shoot steel? Yeah, I definitely think it's possible. I don't know if that is how, I mean, we do see a consistency everywhere else in the matchbook where they show hardcover steel appears to have everything painted black. So yeah. Interesting that you picked up on that. Yeah. Very interesting. So I want to go back to, let me go back to stage one here real quick yep. because I just interviewed Drew Maruski last night. So he'll be on in a later one, but I talked about it again with him because last year's carry optics nationals, there was one stage that really stuck out in my mind, even today. And that is the visual start where 99.9% .9 of us went right and did a, basically a big counterclockwise circle. Um, but Nils, JJ, and Max all went far left, doubled back, and then went right. I'm sorry, Nils actually went counterclockwise like the rest of us. JJ and Nils on the super mm. squad are the only two on the super squad that went left. Everybody mm. else did the right like I did. I, yep. It didn't even dawn on me because when I looked at it, I was like, no, that's too much backtracking. It's going to be slow. But wouldn't you know it, Max and JJ were both under, I'm, I'm going to use 19 seconds. I think that's what it was. They were both under 19 seconds, but Nils was the only other one in the entire match that was under 19 seconds with him. And I yep. was like, how in the world did I miss that? I'd, I, it never dawned on me because I was like, it's going to be too slow. Now I look at stage one and the first thing that came in my mind was, okay, I'm starting sitting at a table, so I'm not shooting. I got to get up and move. Now this is where maybe I run all the way left and then start shooting coming back to the right where it's an easier movement for me. Obviously, I would need to get there and see what it actually looks like on the ground. But um, how did you run that? I think it was stage 14. No, stage... Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it would be, it would be up top. So yeah, like stage fourteen or fifteen. But did you run counterclockwise or left and then right? I, I did basically. Uh, yeah, the the counterclockwise plan that most shooters that I also saw um, did, and much of my logic was the same as what you just described. Is that in my view, I knew I had I'd have to go all the way left anyway. Um, and it felt like backtracking to, to, to do it the way, you know, like you were describing. And so I did the counterclockwise plan. I don't remember exactly what my time was on that stage. It wasn't phenomenal because I did have, there was a little hit. I don't remember exactly what it was. I remember having a little bit of a hiccup somewhere in there. I don't think my, my overall uh, score on the stage was terrible. Um, I don't think it was my best stage either, but uh 
ran the counterclockwise plan. I think for me, I, I really liked the way, you know, I could come out of the start position, immediately shoot what was like two targets on the right. And right then and there, if you transitioned left, everything in the middle um, basically just opened up beautifully. You know, it just the way that appeared to me from a stage planning standpoint, a flow just felt really good and natural. Um, oh, that's right. I remember I had a hiccup. I think it was uh, on the towards the end of that right position. I, it was like a trigger freeze or something, and I think that's kind of what threw things off for me. But uh, mm. but the trick there, if you're doing that counterclockwise plan, is you then ran around the front and came back in, and you kind of had to come into this position, you know, retreating slightly, but then having to address a target that was to the right. And so that was a little bit awkward. And that was one thing I remember weighing. I was like, well, okay, there's this left going left first plan. Um, and then the, but I like the right going to the right first plan better, except for that kind of coming into that back left position that after you run around the front and, right. uh, I, I figured, you know, as long as I hit my spot, I think I'll be good. And the truth of the matter is I did come in a little bit hotter than what I intended. And so I missed the spot just a little bit, um, was a little bit slow engaging my first target as I came back into the shooting area. But in the end, I got through that one without, you know, any major screw ups. So, you know, it worked out okay for me, I suppose, but definitely not sub 20 second time. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, and I have to amend it because where's he at? Uh, Tyler Meisenheimer was sixth mm. and it was under 18. So he was one of four wow. who were under 18. Everybody else was 19 seconds or longer. Yeah. So it's, and I don't know what, um, I don't remember what his stage plan was, but I only bring that up because now when I see something like this in a matchbook, I'm like, all right, I need to physically look at this on the ground and compare going all the way left or all the way right because I screwed the pooch last year and, and did not realize that that backtracking wasn't slower, you know? So. Yep. So I see mine, mine here. Uh, I, I did it in 20.84 seconds. So okay, not, not terribly slow. Uh, no. But uh, I did have a few more Charlies than would have been ideal. So it ended up being an 80% run. Um, you know. But my goal for Nationals last year uh, was average between 80 and 85% on every stage of the stage winner. Because uh, I, I, I had done the math the previous after the previous year's Nationals of and basically, I realized that I was, I was pushing and trying way harder than I needed to. Uh, and I knew that when I just shoot my game that I, I can I can finish pretty consistently 80 to 85 percent of any given stage winner. Uh, okay. And that if you can do that consistently across 20, 21, 22 stages, that you'll finish pretty good, you know, at least better than what I had in years past. And that that strategy uh, won big for me last year. And that's you actually exceeded your goal. What's that? You actually exceeded your goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, so here's what's interesting, right? So I, I think I averaged like 80. If you average out all my stage finishes, 
it was like an 82% stage finish average. And then what that translated to was an 87% overall finish in the, in the match. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So I, I would have thought those, those two numbers would be the same, but I guess not. No, because that's because what's interesting, right, is that the the overall match winner does not win every stage, right? If if Correct. the overall winner did win every stage, then those numbers would correlate much more closely. But since you've got, I mean, and this is such a deep field with carry optics now, and you've got a lot of really great shooters, and you got a lot of guys that are uh, that are really pushing. Uh, you're going to tend to see, like, I don't remember exactly how many stages we could we could obviously look real quick. I don't remember how many stages Niels won. There's one, two. Niels won two stages the whole match. Yeah, not that many. Right? But his consistency is second to none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you look at his, his, so here's his, his finishes. 90%, 94%, 100%, 94%, I think it's his worst one. That was on, uh, uh, which one was that? Oh, I don't remember for sure. That's the next one after the all steel stage. 79, 97, 100, 94, 93, 97, 93, 81, 93, 95, 79, 86, 89, 91, 94. So he's probably averaging right around 91, 92% stage finishes. And so, you know, and that translates to winning the match. This, this all became a strategy after I looked back over several years of national championships and just looking at trends amongst winners and like top three, top five, top 10 finishers and just generating some numbers of, well, what, what was their average stage placement? What was their average stage finish in terms of percentage? And then how did that translate to where the, they finished in the overall? And so again, my strategy, like what I learned from years of shooting major matches was, when I just shoot my game, I can finish consistently 82, 83, 84% of a stage winner on any given stage. And I suspected that that would mean that I would finish somewhere between 85 and 88% in the overall match. And I was like, well, that would be a heck of a lot better than the year before where I finished 80% overall. And it was. So it was like an 8 seven to eight percent increase year over year for me in finishes by taking that that approach and i was much more relaxed throughout the match because i just was shooting my thing i didn't win any stages the uh the previous national championship i won stage 19 i think it was um i've won many stages at area championships but i was very hot or cold hot or cold uh and uh last year's nationals was I mean, I had one stage that I kind of crashed and burned on, but it was that quick little speed shoot stage two where you had the stomp pad activator and oh yeah like yeah three tar- yeah three targets yep. one of them with a no shoot and it was Virginia count and I just barely tagged the no shoot and I also made it up, which by the way the math worked out my hit factor was probably point two higher because I I took the extra shot penalty. But because the makeup was so fast, it, I mean, it, it basically was a wash. Either way, hitting the no shoot cost me, you know, probably a 90% finish, and it was a 32% finish. But it was a 
whopping what 35 point stage <laughs> yeah so it didn't Every kill you i averaged basically we took like my best stage finish was stage nine a 93 percent finish and everything else was in that well i, I have a couple like here's a 76 percent, 79 percent um but if you average it all out i averaged like 82 percent okay i was very relaxed and shot very consistently so, so 19 the year before that was the crazy ammo can strong hand only stage no, it wasn't the ammo can one it was the one right before it okay so maybe it was 18 oh. but i thought there was 20 stages okay I then that would wrong, have been the one right before it would be the one the, in the corner where you had the four and they were all like activated targets or something like that uh you know i yeah it, it, it all runs together what i do remember <laughs> is it was a pretty big stage and it had these oh. swings that were on long arms and they gave you like the top third or whatever of an ipsic target like 20 mm. yards on long arms with a very small ipsic partial and they were just like woof 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 <laughs> And I remember gotcha. a lot of dudes had mics on that stage and I got through it clean and I guess it was just good enough to have, you know, the stage win. Nice. But, but last year I wasn't trying to win any stages. Didn't care, to be honest. I just was, nope, just, just do my game, just do my thing. And so this year, similar approach, uh, but I'm hoping to just bump that average stage finish up a, a point or two. Because I know I'm not going to make any like huge gains year to year, especially where we haven't had a full year to prepare. Um, yeah. And even even this national championship is fairly early in the shooting season, relatively speaking. So Too early. Um, but, you know, if I finish 82% average stage finish last year, uh, I'm going to try to, you know, finish 83 or 84% this go around. And maybe that translates to an 88, 89%, you know, overall finish. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So. Now, yeah, just keep, when you keep when up. you went, there you go. And one percent is an improvement. So, on something like this, other than the table start and my little idiosyncrasy of <laughs> making sure I don't forget to check both directions, does anything else stand out on here for you other than there's two poppers and a table start? So, on stage one, um, I, I could see potentially. Let's see. I mean, it's. I think it's going to come down to um, the the distance that those mini poppers are at. Um, it looks like that that furthest forward one's probably not too terrible. Well, I guess they're really probably about the same because that that stage area or the uh, shooting area is probably pretty proportional, but relative to those target distances, I think it's just going to come down to how far out those mini poppers are and how many people are going to have makeups on them. Um, that was another goal of mine last year was. You know, just try to limit the the makeups on steel because I had struggled with it previously, and I did a lot better last year. So I don't shoot my steel as aggressively as what I what I have in the past, or as aggressively as I'd like to. Uh, but I'll get there. But I'm shooting a bit. You know, I'm just trying to make sure I go one for one where possible on steel because I did the math on that for me with where my current skill is at. Uh, if I'm shooting a little less aggressively on steel, but I'm connecting, you know, 96% of the time that saves me seconds, you know, like 
probably 10 seconds over the course of the whole, wow. of the whole match compared to compared to previous years, you know, where I'd, especially on, on far mini poppers, man, I, I had a lot of makeups uh, in uh, 2021. So, but yeah, this stage, I think um, it'll just depend on the exact layout. And like you were talking about, is this one where I'm going to want to go right or go left? Uh, I think it's just going to depend on exactly where that table ends up relative to everything else. Um, but it, the, the table and the, and the chair, because you are starting seated with hands on knees, handgun unloaded on Mark, uh, yep. and it's outside the shooting area. So, you know, in all honesty, as I'm looking at this one, the way it's currently depicted, I'm probably, because I'm out of that seat and gun in hand loaded, probably just right before I'm entering the shooting area. And so I'm probably just going to go right. I'll probably come off that table, go to the right, and start right out the right and move, make my way to the left, based on what I'm looking at here. To me, I think it looks like it's probably too far to go all the way to the left. Um, and that's just a ton of right, uh, running with no shooting. Now, one thing that's interesting, I think we should talk about this a little bit, David. Okay. Uh, this is, you know, nobody has done a national championship yet at this uh, new facility in Marengo, Ohio. Um, they've built, what is it, I think, nine new bays uh, to make this all possible. And those are true, you know, dirt, berm, bays uh, on three sides to where we can do kind of whatever we want uh, within the 180 degrees. Uh, the older bays, uh, I don't think they're that old, but they're, they're, they're older now compared to the new ones that have been built. There's like, what, like I think 11 or something of those bays or 10, no, maybe 12 of those. Yeah, there's 12 of those. And and most of those bays have uh, have wood sidewalls, right? Right, and, you, and they don't want you. They, yeah, they don't want you shooting into those sidewalls. Now they do have bullet traps, and I was back looking at the Buckeye Blast uh, uh, videos that people posted on YouTube uh, in the last week or so, looking at the Buckeye Bat Buckeye Blast videos to kind of see how they were setting up stages in those bays and things. And I got a pretty good feel for it. And I appreciate that they have bullet traps, so you're not always obligated to only put everything into the back berm. Uh, and so that gives some creativity there. But the first zone and zone 2A are probably going to be a little bit more limiting than what we're going to see on base uh, or zone 2B and zone 3, right? Um, now, the one thing to note is that this stage 1 that we're talking about right now is that furthest left or furthest west uh, bay, which on that bay, it's a dirt berm on the left side. And then the back ah. berm's dirt. And then the right berm is the wood wall. And so I suspect this stage is one where we're going to see the right half of the stage is going to be more or less everything fired into the back berm. But as you get to the left side of the, of the stage, it's going to open up more and more. And then from stages two all the way through stage nine, uh, or excuse me, stage seven is where we're going to see more limitations of the majority of our shooting being downrange and not as much to the side. We'll see how many of those bullet traps they actually have that they can put to use. Um, but then stage nine is the one um, where it'll be on the far right or far, far east bay. 
and that's also one where that that right side berm will be dirt so if you go and look at stage nine if i recall correctly actually they don't really show it here um so that's that's one where they could have more of that open up on the right but it doesn't necessarily look that way based on the current diagram but no but again that's where things could change once you get there and walk them you know yeah now the other thing that's interesting to note is and you'll notice looking at the range diagram that uh zones one and two a in these these older um wood walled shooting bays uh they're only about 40 or 45 feet wide and so uh even when i when we look at some of these stage diagrams like stage one or stage two that you have up there it's probably yeah. not going to really appear quite as wide as what you may perceive just looking at the diagram because they only have 40 to 45 feet to work with when you get down to zones 2b and zone 3 then uh, those are i think 60 foot wide give or take it might be I, and we don't have satellite images of that but i was just kind of guessing based on what i saw from the buckeye blast so those bays are quite a bit wider um down in uh, zone three and the and zone 2b um so they're just just some things to think about there and i think that's why we don't see a lot of doubled up stages in zone one and 2a because there's just not that much width to fit two stages in there because when right. i was going through it I'm like well this is interesting that when, where we finally get to the big bays now also we have all these like small like 12 round count stages and stuff but as i was thinking about it i'm like no that makes sense they were trying to get the stage count up there and uh you know they couldn't have doubled up stages until you got to those bigger newer berms right now stage two uh like stage one is a well stage one is a little bit more right starting but stage two is a middle of the stage start hands on yeah. the wall on and then uh, again another one of those am i going all the way right am i going all the way left <laughs> you know what i mean yep so yep. and you've got some of those uh you know tight angle shots like some of those middle positions uh you got some targets kind of hiding behind barrels and things and so uh you know it'd be interesting to see how much you can actually flow through those positions right. or if it's going to be more of a kind of start and stop um type game in that respect i i i wonder you know seeing some of these designs and this has been a question i've been asking especially where there are so many open targets how much of this you're going to actually be able to shoot on the move and and as of right now it looks promising to me um there's a number of stages where i i, I think there could be some huge opportunities for shooting on the move that's been something that's been not as prevalent as some of the more recent major matches that I've attended. Um, meaning that, uh, see, Production Nationals last year, uh, Care Optics Nationals last year had a little bit of movement opportunity, but really not as much as maybe what we'd seen in previous years. Some of the area championships I've attended in the last year or so, similar kind of thing. And so I've heard some people talk about that, you know, kind of regretting that there weren't more moving and shooting opportunities uh and this one looks like there's some potential there it'll just all depend on how it gets laid out on the ground 
but I, right. I like what I'm seeing because I like shooting on the move. It's something that I, I'm a little bit better at than probably the average person. And I'm a bigger, fatter, older guy in this sport with a bunch of younger, lighter, quicker, uh, kids. And, uh, uh, I like the opportunity where possible to, to shoot on the move or at least have that choice because that's where I can gain a little bit of ground if, if I can, you know, really be dialed in on my shooting right. while moving. And, and going back to stage one real quick, the thing that was going through my mind when I was like, would I be going left or right? I said, I prefer shooting left to right like most righties do. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay. I was specifically looking at this and I'm like, what I need to look at here is when I walk it, if I go right, can I shoot this on the move coming backwards? And can I shoot it on the move going forwards? Because I shoot going forwards on the move much better than backward. And yep. I don't know if that's just a comfort thing or, you know, but, well, you know, so that would also, I feel like I would, that would also make my stage faster, my stage plan faster, even if I have to run a little bit more left. The fact that I could walk forward and shoot and then make that right turn, I feel like would make me quicker too. So yeah, I, I agree. The shooting on the move is a big one. And, and this one in particular, I almost feel like this stage two has the potential to literally be run right, run left, and then literally just walk from one side to the other shooting, especially, yep. you know, the, the guys, uh, not me, but everybody above me where, you know, the, the higher up you go, the faster this walk is going to be. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Stage two, I, it, this is a great example of one that I could see, I could see this stage being one that is where a lot of it shot on the move by the more skilled shooters. The one mm-hmm. thing is poppers in the middle section there uh, would be, you know, one place where it's like, mm, do I take a little extra risk here and try to shoot those right. while still moving? Or am I going to need to, you know, do a little pause here or stutter step or something to, uh, uh, you know, uh, hit those mini poppers. But it is a stage, again, just depending on how it goes out on the ground, uh, looks like it has great potential to be one where if you're a little bit more willing to take some extra risk uh, or your skill is just there, shoot it on the move as much as possible. Uh, yeah. I, I like the look of this stage, um, again, depending on how far – exactly from the start position this is the one where it's i think it's the only stage that i've seen where it's hands on marks um it looks like it's a bit further from the left from the starting position but i like the way it looks going to the left and because it it looks like that middle section opens up as you're coming up this diagonal portion and you could shoot a lot of that depending on the actual distance of those mini poppers uh, is going to depend on, on how just how aggressively you could shoot those while moving. Uh, but you've got even a, a Ipsic kind of in the back left there that would be probably your last target you would engage while you flow through that middle position. And you may just be a step or two away from opening up the three target array in that kind of th- second to last position. Uh, it looks like it could flow really nicely. So there's good potential there. I like the way that one looks. Yeah, and it looks like that middle position, as you called it, with the steel would also be, you know, just running it through my head initially, I'm like, okay, this would also be a good spot. This is 17 rounds up to here, assuming it didn't Mm -hmm. change now. 
a perfect right. spot for going from here to here to reload gives you just yep. enough time to reload and then just keep moving and you go. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's, this is, you know, I'm looking forward again, to seeing this. Yeah. Again, looking to where you might have uh, maybe two steps, give or take there from that second position to the third position. Yeah, exactly. I was, that was, that's why, that's the other reason I like the way that one looks and flows as it's currently laid out, shoot hope, as much as possible on the move through position one and two reload going into position three and shoot through that array uh, as you continue to move to the right and you finish on two more uh actually it looks like two more targets on the right side of the wall and then maybe that's where that little target behind the barrel opens barrel, up as well yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, it's like good. yeah it's gonna be an exciting that's an exciting stage now yep. three what do we have here for three let me go back just a tad there we go uh, 22 rounds, nine Ipsic, four poppers standing. Com now this is interesting. Standing completely outside left side, right side, all the way up front, but you choose. So I could see where, you know, this is just going to be, it almost looks identical. Um, so it's just, I feel almost like this is a matter of, are you a lefty and prefer going shooting going left? Yep. And are you a righty who prefers shooting right? That's how you're going. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got this kind of U-shaped uh, shooting area. Mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly, unless there's something target presentation-wise that is somewhat tricky. Right, yeah. Somewhere. Uh, I, I suspect that most righties will start on the left and most lefties will start on the right. Uh, another stage that has potential for some some shooting on the move. Um, they yeah. do have it broken up pretty good with a, a, a bunch of poppers kind of throughout the stage in different positions. Um, but, uh, yeah, it also looks like another fun one. 22 rounds, so uh, it's probably with, you know, four poppers. I, I guess those are, uh, I don't know if those are full-size poppers or minis or what, but um, but there's enough poppers in the mix there that I, I'm doing a reload somewhere, you know, with a 22 round count stage. So, right. But, uh, but a real, uh, you know, a real risk taker might want to try to get through that one. <laughs> well, without and, a and this is where I think this stage is easier than stage two, where I think you have more chance. You definitely have to almost stop when you have a cluster of steel targets. Like with the three, you know, you're you're pausing almost to the point of completely stopping. Whereas here, you have one, you can just kind of slow it down enough to keep that dot on there to pull the trigger. Um, so it makes yeah. it a little bit easier to keep yourself going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the different because you, you, you have kind of two intermediate positions there, right? With each with two paper and one popper. Uh, mm -hmm. It'd be just how open or narrow those little positions are. Uh, I think that's yeah. going to be the piece that dictates the most uh, of what you're actually able to get away with movement-wise. Uh, again, keep in mind, this is going to be shot in those narrower, narrower. wood-sided bays. Uh, so right. it, this one looks like it's laid out fairly wide. I don't think it's going to be probably quite that wide. I mean, because if you're trying to judge anything to do with what's whatsoever with scale this looks like this is set up in a 
at least a 60 foot or a 70 foot wide bay. And that's just, right. that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. So it's going to be perceptually. Yeah. Much more compact on the edges at least. Yeah. Yeah. And you will so. notice that a lot of the targets they have uh, set up here appear to be with the intent of keeping shots uh, into the back, back berm wall. Um, there right. might be one or two where they have to use a bullet trap or something. All right. So I'm going to throw out a, let's say you got there and we'll just say this steel target on the far right's in a little bit and the paper target on the far left is in a little bit. Are you drawing on the popper or, a, or paper? So looking at this stage as of right now, um, and you see there's kind of that ipsic paper that's tucked away behind the wall a little bit. Yep, right yeah, there. Right there. So I, I, I would likely start on the left side on this stage, and I would step in and probably draw to that target right there. So I'd shoot that inside one first, then the next paper, then the popper, and the far left paper probably backing, you know, moving out of that position right. and trying to set okay. myself up for the uh, next position there. That, that's what okay. I like look, looking at this. Okay. So basically my way out of that position. See, I, and, and the only reason I ask is for me, I would shoot the paper in that order, but I think I would draw on the steel because I have found that I have a higher hit factor drawing to steel versus uh, transitioning to steel. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I know that my strength is to that, that stepping back and drawing and getting that initial sight picture. I know I have a, a 95% chance uh, first round impact where I want it. And then I can just transition, shoot, and start mm. backing out and shooting that one. Yeah. That's why I asked. Yeah, so, so, yeah, you know, this is one of those things, too, where depending on exactly how wide these angles actually are going to be sure. or not, um, that's going to play into it. Uh, I am all about minimizing transition distance as well and not having to, you know, backtrack on transitions. Uh, and, and so that's one of those things where, and I would, you know, with you, I would suggest even like this, that knowing that uh, it would probably be good for you to spend some time practicing transitioning onto steel so yeah. you can make that less of a factor for you so that you can make decisions on stage plans or strategies based on what it truly is the most efficient way to shoot that as opposed to, well, I got to do it this way because this is my right. weakness. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Yep. I end up treating steel like paper when I transition. So sometimes, you know, I'm not letting the dot settle enough before I shoot. Yeah. You know, so. and that's where, and I think it was Brian Enos in his book way back, right, uh, where he talks about some different, call it aiming solutions or aiming schemes. And he's, he's, he talks a fair amount in his book about shooting steel challenge. We did quite a bit of that back in the day and kind of what that looked like uh, as far as what do I need to see when I'm shooting steel? And I, I used, like, I was very much that way, David, where if I saw my dot on, on a piece of steel, like it's on there, so send it. But the truth is, is like where I really need to see that dot is more in the center of the steel. Uh, and I need to be a little bit more disciplined to not necessarily yeah. send it just because it's on the steel 
because it's, you know, only an inch in from the edge. Well, yes, an inch in from the edge or even right on the edge. Well, the dot's there. However, if I don't make a perfect shot, like there's not much leeway because it, it may be there on the outer rim of the steel, but one little mistake in executing yeah. that shot and it's, it's it's off like i'm just as likely to be off that steel as i am to be on the steel when i'm on the edge so that's something i've worked quite a bit in the last year or so is being more disciplined with hey let's see the let's see the dot on the middle of the steel and not you know ex- not accept it when it's on the outside edges on the paper we get trick treat tricked into that because we think you know i've got the, the paper is so much more forgiving because i'm tr- i'm trying to shoot out this but even when I don't hit an alpha, I'm still going to have a hit somewhere on there and probably in a Charlie because I have all this forgiveness, but the steel is unforgiving. So got to take a little sure. bit of a different mental approach with the steel. Mm-hmm. Agree. Now, stage four. Now we've got more steel peppered in there. <laughs> uh, yep. Four paper. I'm sorry, 12 paper, four steel and straddling the start stick. In the middle. So another middle start almost. Yeah. So this yeah. is. Yeah. So do you like left or do you like left? Right. Uh, yeah. And, and again. Yeah. Do you like left or do you like left? <laughs> yeah. Because I like right. left. <laughs> and then, you know, so like, again, this is one of those situations where you probably will see a bias with amongst the shooters based on what, what, you know, which hand is their strong hand. Um, you probably see some some people making the decision that you know it's like you know there's some shooters out there that prefer ending where possible on a on a swinging target or a moving target, and so in this case you have that on the left side. It looks like it says popper two activates a moving target. It doesn't specify right. what kind of. It looks like a swinger. Doesn't mean it has to be. But yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't make decisions based on well. I like to end on this or that. Uh, so much um but this one looks like one where i probably probably want to go left first um but you know that could always change depending on what we see on the ground yeah of course it it does look you know frankly this this there's some uh similarities between this one and stage two aren't there as far as that you kind of have this little diagonal section on the left middle side there and depending on how that plays in with the second you know, kind of hallway, so to speak, uh, the kind of a second target array there. Uh, you know, that might be one again, where maybe you're able to take some of that on the move. They're, they're mm-hmm. going to tempt you a little bit with that no shoot partial, which is probably the first target that opens up in that yes. scenario. Uh, and so that could be interesting how that plays into it. And again, you might get there and look at it and go, well, no, in this case, it makes a little more sense for me to go right. And then when I come into that, some of those middle positions, I'm not starting on that partial target. Um, I Again, I don't tend to look at things too much from that. I just look at it, hey, this is a partial target, and this is the one I'm going to be a little more careful on. Um, but I want to try to ultimately shoot the stage in the most efficient manner possible. Right. But and th- and th- this there's... is where this is where if you're a lefty and you decide to go right to left, you could – now, again – Chances are targets are changing, but as they have it in the diagram, if you're coming right to left, it looks like you have a better chance to keep moving through this array, right? This, the second array from the left, 
Yeah, transitioning from the the open the to open next array to, to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting. But I don't see anything there that really kind of sticks out until you actually get there and then see how that target is. Again, that's a white front stop in front of that swinger. So is that meant to be white or no? Mm. Sure, sure. And uh, this is a 28-round stage, so you're going to want to plan a reload somewhere in there. So something else to and it also looks like an easy stage to plan that reload. You know, like you've got, you still have enough movement in there that it's like, okay, I can pretty much do a reload wherever yeah. I need here in the middle. So not Agreed. too difficult. Yep. Stage five looks like a classifier. It sure does. Even the way it's drawn out. <laughs> yeah, it's drawn out. It's the stage procedures written, everything. But yeah, this is one we talked about earlier. Virginia count, but very simple very straightforward so nothing tricky and your your weak hand only is only at 10 yards so that's not too bad (laughs) (laughs) i know but it does but it does look like these are open targets exactly Uh, we can tell so yeah yeah pretty forgiving as far as that goes i mean obviously i want to collect as many alphas as possible but it doesn't appear as though I'm shooting weekend only at 10 yards with, you know, some kind of no shoot partial or something. So there's right. that. But again, this, this yeah. you're right. We talked about this one earlier. I don't know if we need to like spend too much more time on it. Um, I, you know, I already touched on the fact that I think this is kind of a unevent, uninventive, a non, it's not very, I don't think the stage is particularly creative. This is probably my least favorite of the whole, whole match based on what I've seen. <laughs> Right. They're just getting numbers for a classifier. Yeah. Well, and even if you look at it from a, hey, here's a new, here's a 23 series classifier. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it has, it has all the feel of a 99 series classifier. It it does. Yeah. I much prefer the newer ones where you've got some movement now and some other things that you're adding in. I like it. Yeah. Now, Stage six is that 24 round. So if you can do 24 plus one, what are you doing? I'm definitely <laughs> reloading. Yeah. But again, uh, middle of the stage start. Yeah, yeah. So we are seeing that trend for sure. This is definitely a reload stage. Uh, this would be dumb to try to go for, you know, without a reload, I think. I mean, number one, there's probably opportunities to actually get a reload in there efficiently. And you've got too many poppers, two full-size poppers, and two moving targets. So uh, there's too many opportunities for makeups to be required. So, yeah, reload somewhere. Swinger and a bobber, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, and it looks like you got a mini popper in front of a full-size popper. But that could change. They could flip-flop. You know what I mean? Right. They might end up putting the full-size in front and put the yep. mini behind so yep or even two full-size ones back to back uh and it yeah. says p2 activates moving target and p4 activates moving targets so that likely means it's i suspect it's the target that's hidden behind slightly um in both of those cases yeah, uh I agree. So, um, but you have paper targets there as an opportunity to you know take up some of that activation time uh should you need yeah depending on how long it takes to activate. Yeah, I agree. Yep. yep. So fairly simple, straightforward. Yep. yep. Stage Some, seven. Stage seven. Yeah. Again, look at this. 
you know, marks yeah. front of the shooting <laughs> position, shooting area, but also, again, kind of in the middle of things. Yeah. You're going to have to go right, and you have to go left from the middle. But in all honesty, like, I think this is about what I'd expect to see at a major match, especially a national championship, because um, while I am not – like we certainly see those stages that are designed to be more or less symmetrical. And, you know, people will say, well, Hey, I want to make sure it's equally, you know, applicable to right and left-handed shooters. But honestly, a lot of symmetrical stages are kind of boring. You know, it's like, well, I do the thing on this side and I'm going to just do the same thing on that side. And you usually have a reload somewhere in the middle, you know, between the two halves, if you will, of the stage or something like that, you know, so it's kind of, Unevent, un, uninventive. Um, I, I appreciate a stage that I think gives you enough options and while still maintaining parity between left and right handed shooters. Uh, and I think that's what you're seeing here based on as far as I can tell is you're getting the option. Hey, a lot of kind of middle start positions. You can go left you can go right. There might be one of those directions that has a slight advantage from maybe certain target engagements or target engagement orders. Um, But generally, I I think what we're seeing so far looks, I think, pretty even-handed. Because ultimately, uh, I know a lot of shooters prefer going left or right because of reloads, and it's, you know, safer, less DQ likelihood and so on. But uh, honestly, this is a national championship especially. Like, you should be at a level where – you're not your like your skills should be you should be good enough to be comfortable with doing reloads going to your opposite or going the other way you know the way that's uncomfortable or whatever because right. i mean that's 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 a skill i think that you should have uh and so i think if you look at a stage you're like no this makes sense to shoot right to left and i'm a righty and that means my reloads being done you know in kind of this like awkward direction where i'm maybe a little bit concerned about a dq well make sure that's not an issue for you make sure that you practice that st- that type of reload make sure you know how to keep the muzzle oriented still down range and yeah it's maybe not optimized for your particular reload angle but it's something that comes up and that we have to be prepared for um but well like i said to summarize all that i think you know, a lot of mill start positions because I, I, I think that creates opportunities for lefties and righties to generally compete with each other and not favor one or the other too much. And we see, like, for instance, uh, we've seen a couple start positions where it's kind of in the middle, but maybe biased towards one side or the other. We've seen a couple right. of them where they were a little bit biased to the right side of the stage. So if we go right to stage nine, we see it's kind of biased to the left side. So I think that that, again, shows some some even-handedness here. Back to stage seven, 20-round stage, two movers, looks like swingers, a couple of activations, steel, says P3 activates and P4 activates, so it's not something tricky where one of those far left steel are activating one of the swingers. you got a mini popper next to a swinger and a a full-size popper next to a swinger, and looks like maybe one paper target in there that you might – you might be able to go steel, steel, paper, and then, you know, over to your swinging uh, uh, targets. Uh, kind of, that's my guess is what they're trying to test us on here. You know, the interesting thing, too, is depending on how they do this left side over here, mm-hmm. 
It'd be interesting if you, since they're visible at rest, if you could sure. actually see them from an ending position. Because then yeah. I can see people just engaging the steel, shooting everything, and then shooting them at the end. Yeah, if you're the kind of shooter that, you know, based on your current skill level, um, you're more comfortable with that and you want to give those swingers some time to settle down a little bit uh, or whatever, I, I could see that. And I, I certainly have no problem with, I, I even appreciate the option to be able to do that. I think it's a rare situation where that makes sense from an efficiency standpoint, but right. we all got to play to our own individual uh, skill levels and strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I it's rare. I leave something swinging for later. If I can shoot it right then and there. Um, Agree. But, uh, but I could see it being yeah. a timing issue though. You know what I mean? Like the say the one on the right takes forever to activate while sure. the, while the one on the left is quicker, maybe you shoot the one on the left. You leave the one on the right for later from another position. I don't know, but yeah, you do have, be, yeah, yeah. It does look like there is maybe one target that they'll leave out there to take up that time, all the way in the back right there. Yep, yep. So it'll yep. it'll be again another interesting one to see what it actually looks like on the ground and the timing behind all of it. Yep. Stage seven, so this is still in zone two A. So this is, the, I think, the last stage. If you're going in order, that mm. is going to be fined within the wood walls. Okay. So just... There you go. Yep. Yeah, and then this is the one you were talking about, stage nine. We skipped stage eight because that's chrono. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that. I saw initially twenty-one stages, right? I'm like, oh, okay, twenty-one round uh, stages. That's, yeah. that's cool. And then I'm like, I printed everything off, and uh, I, I I only print the actual stage diagrams. I don't print all the ads. <laughs> right. But I, I I print them all off, and I'm going through, and I'm like, wait a minute, where's stage eight? Where's stage? Eight? <laughs> uh, they, they they numbered Chrono as stage eight. Uh, that's yep. not my favorite way. I was actually disappointed to see that. Um, I would much rather shoot stage seven. And then go, you know, when you're done, immediately go to a chrono and get it done. Um, but it looks like we're going to have, you know, 45 to 60 minute wait um, when, when we're in that zone 2A. So just something to think about. I'm guessing they'll probably, this is also kind of in the middle, close to where the vendors area and I think Test Fire Bay and the, okay. uh, the Shoot Sig competition that they're also doing simultaneously the bill drill uh, so all my that. guess is they're probably going to be like hey chrono get your chrono done and you know spend some time in the vendor's village or whatever okay i mean it's important that we give thanks to our sponsors of of this event and it's good to have that time i suppose to do so um but it's not my favorite thing in the world to to have a whole you know hour or whatever dedicated to chrono I do opinion. like when they send the last two or three shooters over there, and then as you finish, go. Exactly. You know, that does seem to speed things up a little bit. Yeah. And plus, you might even, you know, sometimes when you do it that way, you, I mean, you can fit it, you know, depending on, I mean, this this is a range that has the bays available. I mean, depending on how many of these they actually are using for, it looks like they're using about three of them for the kind of, um, test fire and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
but this is a this is a range facility now that has developed itself towards becoming a world-class um major major you know i mean national championship level match hosting location yeah and honestly i'd rather spend you know time during my shooting day shooting stages and not standing around doing chrono and so i'd much rather see another stage added in here um that where you do chrono simultaneously as part of that that stop but that's just me mm. gotcha so. Stage nine is a 25 round, 10 Ipsic, five poppers. So this is definitely going to be a reload stage here. And this is what you were saying. It's not a left or right start, but it's definitely favored towards the left side. Yep. Yeah, I would say this one looks like, and by the way, we have a swinger on the far left of the stage and a bobber, it looks like, um, kind of in that middle portion. Oh, yeah. Yep, and right it specifies P1 activates a moving target, mm -hmm. uh, and then P5 activates a moving target. And based on P, if you're going from left to right, P1 big popper on the left. So in that position, you got a popper and a mini popper and an open paper target. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's great. Uh, you know, you go to that far left position, and you've got options there as far as how you engage that and optimize it for efficiency. Uh, back to the basically the middle position where it's also the start position looks like that's where you can see popper five from and so that appears to activate the bobbing target uh, we've got another ipsic this is kind of this this stage is really broken up which <clears throat> I, I think is great i mean i i like visual challenges uh, I mean, I don't like necessarily shooting choppy stages, and I'm not saying this one's choppy, but this one does look like one where uh, positioning will be important uh, as yes. far as being able to see the activating popper for the bobber and being able to actually see the ipsic that's kind of tucked away in the back there between a bunch of walls, being able to actually set yourself up where you can see the bobbing target, and then there's a stacked a uh, couple of targets there with no shoot next to the bobber. So there's a lot going on there. And I think positioning is going to be really key on this stage. Agree. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to have to go to certain points to hit all the targets. So, yep. and it looks like, you know, from here, you're going to shoot all the way across to over here. And then from here, you're going to shoot all the way over to there. So there'll be some crisscrossing yep. angles. Yeah. And if this one lays out, you know, anything close to, to the way a diagram shows, I, even if you're a left-handed shooter, I think this is a stage that makes sense to probably go to the left first. There's just way too much movement to the right side. Yeah, I agree. So, and then you've got, you know, from that middle position to the far right side, you got, you know, it looks like probably two full eight-foot sections of wall, so that's 16 feet. I mean, that's, that's your reload, you know. Movement. Oh, yeah, easily. So, because this is a 25-round stage. Yeah, as long as you have two targets left after the reload, you're you're solid with that initial magazine. Yep. Uh, stage ten is fifteen USPSA targets, two poppers for a total of thirty-two. Now this is a big one, but this is definitely now this one's favoring nobody. It is all the way in the back in the middle. 
This kind of reminds me of the one last year that was in zone two, um, where some people went right, some people went left, you know, it just, who knows how people are going to go on this one. Yeah. Um, and by the way, this is the first stage that's in the new bays. Mm, bigger, okay. more space. Um, th this has the potential to be a pretty large stage, uh, including with long shots and wide transitions. So, uh, yeah, I suspect they're going to make the best uh, uh, use of that uh, on a stage. It's 32 rounds and has a lot going on here. does have one uh, looks like a swinger. Um, with activation by the popper that's backed by it there. Um, you know, due to the wall layout, David, I, 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 I would be surprised if it made much sense to try to go left and kind of around the stage in a clockwise fashion, just because you'd have to backtrack um, kind of in a, like if the wall was more straight, maybe right. it makes sense, you know, maybe there, it would make more sense, but since you kind of have to go back and to the left, um, right. You know, I mean, even if I was a lefty, I'd, I'd probably be probably considering starting on the right target or raise there um, before proceeding, you know, through the rest of the stage. But again, how often do we see things laid out in the ground? You're like, oh, well, you know, this yeah. now looks like this now. And and uh, but definitely I think there's some options here. So and, and I'm all about options. I love creative stages. I love stages that, you know, when you get done, you see high level shooters shoot it three, four different ways. Sometimes that, that stuff's always great to see because it, it just adds so much more creative creativity to the match, to the stage design, all of that. Now imagine if they swapped the two sets of stack targets mm. with the swinger and the steel and then made that a low port. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, and, and, Oof. Yeah, I mean, and th this could be an opportunity where they choose to do that. Yeah, you, you point out very astutely that uh, it, and it's very apparent. We got that window there or a port uh, with stacked no-shoot sets of targets um, that are only, like, the only place you're going to shoot those is through that through that port. Uh, so, right. Uh, yeah, and if, if stacked targets with no-shoots are, are your weakness, it's something that's probably a good idea to practice in the next few weeks. Uh, leading up to nationals, so I was talking to somebody recently that I know is going to be there, and they were saying that 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 that, that exact setup is their nemesis, especially when they're side by side. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're going to see that at nationals, and uh, you probably want to practice that. <laughs> yeah, you might want to put that up on your wall and start dry firing that now, and then get out yep. in the range and confirm. Yeah. So that's a big stage now. Stage eleven. So what do you think the theme of this? matches as far as the well like the 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 titles of all of the stages <laughs> uh okay so i was wondering about that right i mean you got some interesting right. our lady of the worthless miracle uh, <laughs> yeah that that's that's an interesting one there's some yeah. stuff here that um sounds familiar to me but i have to admit like if it's inspired by uh, movies or shows or whatever, uh, which it kind of has that, like it, it seems to tie to maybe something like that, but maybe also something historical. Um, it sounds familiar, but I didn't quite put a pin on it. 
Um, Me I, I'm the biggest TV and movie watcher, just so you know. So um, if there's some references here that I should know and I don't, uh, I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I spend my time running a business and taking care of a family and shooting as much and practicing as much as possible, not really watching TV. <laughs> but this one, I mean, I, I saw this stage name. I was like, Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Uh, I don't know where that comes from, if it comes from anything, but. It's a song. Is it? Yeah, I just Googled it while you were talking, and it says, Original lyrics of Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle song by Silent Drive. I do not know it. I could say that. Me either. Hmm. Some okay. of the, and I, I, I wondered that too. There were a couple of these stage names that I was like, maybe a show, but maybe something music related. Um, and frankly, I'm just terrible with remembering stuff like that. It, it, one thing that's interesting about me is I love music. I listen to music quite a, quite a bit, especially when working. Um, but I like rhythm and beat and and the sounds of music i actually don't really listen to lyrics and which is which sometimes gets me in trouble because sometimes i'm like oh wait i just realized what they're saying and like that's interesting or maybe inappropriate <laughs> or whatever right. um you know but like there's been plenty of songs where i've listened to them over the years and had no idea what was even being referenced and then my wife's like uh and i'm like Oh, I had no idea because I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's what the first thing that gets me is the beat of the music. So yeah. I'm in the same yeah. boat. <laughs> well, let's look at this one. 24 rounds. Yeah. Um, anywhere in shooting area. Now, this is the first thing we we've seen that gives us that option. And right. I kind of, there's not a lot. In fact, I don't remember any other stage. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just, Okay, there is stage 13 is the same anywhere stage. Okay, I somehow missed that in my initial analysis here of these. So in zone three and a little bit 2B as well, we're going to see some zone three's got a bunch anywhere in shooting area, shooting area, anywhere. Yeah. Shooting. So this, but this is the first we're seeing that. So, yep. I appreciate that. I like stages that allow you to start wherever. Um, because then it's truly based on your preference, your shooting style, your strength, your weakness, yep. uh, left hand, right hand. Uh, I'm not saying every stage has to be like that, but I appreciate stages that give you that option. So this is the I do. definitely my favorite. Uh, but this is definitely going to be a reload. Comstock, 24 round, nine papers, six poppers. Yeah, you got a swinger. So yeah, there's there's. This is at least a two mag. Well, it should just be a two mag stage right here. So, I'll tell you, if somebody's got the the balls to to go for it on, <laughs> without a reload, man, I want to see that video. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, I if time is not an issue, <laughs> right? Now, again, keep in mind that we're into that part of the match where these are the bigger bays, and so. There's a much more opportunity to spread things out and have some longer shots. So, um, and a couple of these, let's see, six six poppers, but four of them at least appear to be mini poppers, where two of them are are full size. So uh, this this will probably test your patience and shooting discipline uh, with respect to some of those popper shots. Right. B two activates a swinger. It looks like. 
Um, and that, that target array has got too many poppers, the swinger, and an open, oh no, excuse me, two open ipsics, one that's kind of tucked behind a barrel there. And then we have a middle section that you also got to go forward to um, a little bit. And so it'd be curious, it'll be interesting to see if, if there's anybody that chooses to go like left and then right or right then left and then finish up front or do more of a circular approach where you maybe go start left and then go to the front. You can kind of shoot in on a couple of targets there in that middle portion as you're coming from the left side. Um, and then you could also then sort of maybe back out on the left side target as you finish up in those final two target arrays. Or if somebody chooses to start, I, I kind of doubt this on this stage, but if you could start anywhere, maybe you got somebody wants to start in the front, middle, I don't know. Uh, but it kind of looks like one where you're either going to start left or start right. Yeah, I agree. Even though you have the option to start anywhere, you're, you're probably taking one of those two options would be my guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that if you were, um, yeah, if it was me, if I, if I was starting left, I'd probably start left, shoot this activation uh, popper uh, target array there uh, as much as possible, shoot into that middle front position, then reload back to those final two target arrays. If I was going from the right side, uh, I'd probably uh, shoot the right side, go forward uh, with the reload, shoot that middle array, or possibly save the reload till the final position on the left. But I'm kind of liking from this layout, the left to right approach. I, this is where if I'm a lefty and let's say it stays pretty true to this, then I'm definitely liking it because I feel like starting here so this might be one where as a righty i still start on the on the right because i like being able to shoot these move up shoot those i can start backing out and reload coming in over here it's only 24 rounds so yeah and you're uh, if this stays the same yeah two four six looks like eight shots so that means you're only you only have 16 and these all these other ones combined so it Interesting layout, and I like this this transition at the end pretty darn quick, especially if you're a lefty. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, and it could be one, too, where depending on how visible, you know, in that middle front portion, those two targets that are next to each other on the right. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see, where you know, exactly where you can see those from. Uh, maybe you have the option of being able to shoot them kind of from the back, you know, where the – left walls excuse me sort of to make that little turn you know maybe it could be if you start on the right you take the two right arrays shoot that middle target there next to your cursor uh, there you go um shoot that then reload kind of into this back left position and shoot the other two targets in that array right you know, and from there you gotta make maybe one or two quick steps to the left yep. to shout. I don't know. It could be interesting to see what kind of options are there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the actual layout on the ground. And I mean, that right-sided start might be the better place to to go. Yeah. But again, not a huge stage. So that's 
at the same time, that's good. All right, yeah. here's a short, fast stage right here. Yep. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and I think this is uh, I think this is one of the first. If we're looking at the schedule here that I had, um, let's see. Yeah, twelve and thirteen are together. So we don't. Oh, see, okay. Yeah, so we don't see any doubled up doubled up stages until this. This is the first one. So twelve and thirteen are together in the same bay. Um, this is uh, two relatively quick. You know, the 12 that we're on here is uh, 14 rounds, and then stage 13 is 13 rounds. Um, and, uh, yeah, 12. Any, or, excuse me, straddling start stick, which is kind of in the front right. Yep. And, and your loaded and holstered wrist below belt. It appears to be all open IPSC targets uh, up at that front position. So you're, you're likely not drawing and moving. You're just going to draw right to... Um, whichever one of these three targets that you prefer, and then sort of retreating back and left to the middle uh, target array, and then the far left target array. So, and this so this is going to be interesting. Again, let's say it stays true to the diagram. For me, this is going to be interesting. Where there's a couple of there, the advantage for the if you're a right per shooting right-handed shooting person is these targets will be easier to engage than it would be for a lefty. But mm -hmm. the lefty coming out of here looks like they could engage these while moving, keep moving, and then engage those. Where, as I look at this from a right-handed shooter, I'm like, well, maybe I shoot these three and just beat feet to this back corner, shoot those two, and if I'm able to see these two, you know, maybe it's a single step over, and then I engage those two. You know what I mean? So it could change completely the complexity depending on where these two right here are visible from. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, it, overall, though, uh, I mean, this is probably a seven to nine second stage for you know the yeah. vast majority of competitors, maybe even quicker for a couple of folks. Um, we're 14 shots. And uh, just just depending on how quickly you can get out of that first array and how much you can actually see and shoot, and including on the move on the middle section there, I, I suspect that that's really part of the whole test on this particular stage is is uh, shoot your way out of uh, target array one and yep. try to shoot across that middle section and all the way over to the left. So if you can keep the gun running, this is there's probably a potential for. A six-second run on this. Yeah, it's, the hit factors on this one will be very interesting because it's all going to depend on that center, those center two targets, and where they're visible from. Yep, and that's that that's likely change. where we'll see the most failures. You know, on, on this stage, as far as mics, uh, people that uh, aren't careful enough. You know, not not following through enough on each target in that middle section. If they're pulling off early, that kind of thing. Is they're uh, anxious to get you know to that final position. You know, this brings up a another um, thought. I, I forgot this came up for me as I was reviewing things last night. Uh, one thing that we haven't seen, and we've seen at the last couple of national championships, is uh, fixed time stage. Yeah, there's no part time stage, and I could see. A stage like this one just to make it a little bit more 
challenging. I could see a stage like yes. that next time. The other one too, Riley, was the one we talked about earlier where you had the wall, three targets on one side of the wall, three targets on the other. Would have been yep. just like last year's, you know? Yep. So, yep. yeah, I'd, I, I'm not a huge fan of part-time stages, but I did like uh, last year's because it just adds a different complexion for that one stage, you know? Yeah, agreed. I, I, I don't necessarily want to, like, I would be mildly irritated if I was shooting a nationals and there was more than one fixed time right. stage, but right. to have one and to use it on a stage that's, you know, where you're, you're doubling stages up in the same bay and you want to just make something a little bit different, a little bit, you know, add another layer of complexity or challenge to something that might otherwise be quite simple, really. Uh, right. I, I'm okay with that, you know, in a, uh, you know, like all things in moderation, as they say, I, I, I'm not above, you know, shooting challenges and uh, Virginia count and fixed time and things of that nature, or their, their own unique shooting challenges, um, but all things in moderation. And at the end of the day, this is America. And <laughs> we like to blast <laughs> all the things with all the pews all the time. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, but uh yeah, we haven't seen that one so far, at least in these diagrams. Now, again, have we seen instances at major matches where no indication of, of something like fixed time being present at the match and then get there and find out a, a stage has been, you know, the description has been modified or something to add something like that? Yeah, that's happened. So could that happen? Right. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see a change like that. But so far, it appears as though we don't have anything in this particular national championship. Right. And that's followed. I guess this is the stage that's coupled with it. Uh, right. Stage 13. And it's a 13 round, six paper, one popper, swinger with a white foreground. So white steel in front of it. So that'll be interesting. Uh, where is the start position? Oh, anywhere. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. I have a feeling yep. this is going to be a, if it stays close to this, it's going to be a back left start because you're going to end. Uh, I don't know. That's hard to say actually, because I didn't see this little wall right here initially. So that's going to make so, you go wide, but still it looks like the flow would be better going forward than backward. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think, I think the place to start based on this diagram is in the left back corner. Uh, yeah. Where you got targets there, uh, a tuxedo and an open, um, and so then I think the rest of the stage comes down to: do you just go to the middle, and then finish on the in the right front corner, or do you go? Because it, it doesn't look like it's a huge distance to cover, so I, I right. do think you could option of going middle then right or right then middle. Um, mm -hmm. Probably middle than right is technically a little more efficient. Um, in terms of movement, but but then again, you know how it lays out, or depending on your particular strengths and weaknesses, uh, might be a, a determining factor on that as well. I think it's going to depend on where you can see these two targets back here on the right, mm -hmm. because if mm -hmm. you can see them from back here in the middle of the shooting area, 
then true, true. it'd be quick. You can engage it there, then just run up front. But if you've yeah. got to go all the way to that corner, then yeah, it might actually be easier going to the middle than step yep. out to the right. Agreed. So again, it all comes down to what does it look like on the ground? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so after stage, stage 13, we get back to uh, just a stand, you know, I think our next doubled up stages are, oh, that's right. Uh, 14 and 15 are going to be together in the same bay as well. And then I okay. think I saw also, I think we actually have three bays back to Nope, not quite. There's a 16 that's in between there. So 14 and 15 are back-to-back -back in the same bay, and 17 and 18 are back-to-back. -back. So you got quite okay. a few of these. Now, um, to be clear, 12 and 13 that we just covered were actually in zone 2B. So you're going to shoot that on a different day than these other four stages that are back-to-back. -back. Um, but, uh, the, again, like I mentioned, I think the reason why we're seeing so many of them later on in the uh, stage numbers is because that's where they finally have the space to do more of this kind of thing. It looks like you and the super squad will be shooting these last, the last day. Yep. Yeah. I'm in squad 205 and yep. I believe uh, 206 would be, so 201 to 206 or 101 to 106 are going to be the squads that are going to shoot zone one on day one okay. and progress through it in that kind of, you know, order. So yeah, fashion. so yeah, you guys are basically shooting zone one, then zone two, then zone three. Yep. Each day. Okay. Yep. All right. Again. Yeah. Just like the other two short, quick stage, 12 rounds. Now this time it looks like we have a, we have a swinger, but this time it's black steel in front of it, so just hard cover. Um, you know, it's it's not anywhere. It's not, it's not clear exactly what that is. It actually looks more like a bobber. Um, right. True. It does look like a bobber. You're right. Yeah. It just says it's a moving target. Um, remains remains visible at rest. Um, but yeah, any, anywhere in shooting area, as you mentioned. Yep. Uh, P2, which looks like a mini popper, is the activator. And uh, this this stage is more of a uh, front-to-back linear-type movement. And so, I mean, you could start anywhere, but you're probably starting in the back right. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it Using looks like P2, I've got it highlighted on the screen, but it looks like P2 is just to the left of those double-stacked barrels back by the bobber or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It looks like you're going to start here. And it, because you step out of this position and you should be based on this, it's just going to be engage that as you go, you know? Yep. And then yep, use it as start. an opportunity to take some shots on the move as you move down range towards yep. the final position. You may be able to even take that back open paper a little bit as you are coming into, into the final position. position. Yep. And then go activator, then the other popper, and then hope you know, hopefully that makes sense, you know, to then uh, go over to the bobber at that point. Or maybe if that bobber takes forever, maybe you take the left open paper on the move and then race to the end and go 
activator, popper, paper, bobber, but a right. couple options. Depends on the timing. Yep. And again, depending on what your skill um, permits as far right. as what you can get done in that amount of time. Absolutely. So I, I'm always, up to the, you know, I'm always trying to find opportunities to, uh, you know, you got to be smart about it. Right. But I, I do treat activation sequences fairly aggressively because uh, that's, I mean, there's just so much time that can be taken up if you're standing around waiting on, a, on an activation. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, Stage 15. The other half way, both of these, this. Both of these are 12 round stages, so they're pretty quick. Start anywhere, left to right lateral movement. So this favors your Max Michels, your Nils, your JJs. <laughs> Those guys with that quick, anybody who's got that quick lateral movement, this is definitely going to favor them. Yep. Yep. Pretty straightforward. It's very it's straightforward. The, it's the way it's laid out and the way the targets are broken up with the walls. It's probably one of those um, stages where you're going to shoot as much of it as possible while you're moving laterally. Um, and you're probably skipping targets because for instance, if I was starting left, um, mm -hmm. some, people, some people don't like to draw to partial no shoots. Uh, I actually, in some cases, perf almost prefer it. Oh, maybe almost a similar reason to you talking earlier about drawing to a popper. Um, I have no qualms about drawing to a partial target like that and frankly find myself a little bit more at ease. Um, at the same time, if there's something else that makes more sense, I'll do that. But this is one where I might be inclined to draw to that partial no shoot on the left and then just based on the way these walls look like they present, um, it's probably one where you're going to shoot the, it's going to be T3, um, which is kind of tucked behind the wall because it's probably going to disappear the soonest. Yep, that right. one there. And then from there, probably transition over to T5, and then T4, and then probably T6, and then finishing on T2 would be my guess based on and, and yeah. I think that's, you know, the intent here is it's going to be kind of broken up a little bit as far as what presents itself first and what, you know, disappears soonest. And I guess I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit of kind of skipping targets as you're um, having things open and close on you. I agree. Uh, that's exactly what it, the order I would have gone with as well. Just looking at it, because as you move to the right or as you you shoot this and again, I think for me, it's just, I have more, I have the, I have a better grasp of visual patience on my draw. Like if it's a very close open target, then I will, the moment I see red, I'll just start shooting. You know what I mean? But if it, if I'm drawing on steel, if I'm drawing on a partial or, or a no shoot, I know that I have that visual patience on the draw to get that first round exactly where I want it. And then the second one will be pretty close right there it's rare for me to then it's for me it's usually after the first target that i'm gonna do something dumb so i would yeah, draw yeah. yep go ahead i agree i am I, I i to me the way it works in my mind is it's sort of like well the hardest target in this whole stage is that partial no shoot and i feel sort of freed up to 
to okay shoot that one i'm going to take two well-aimed shot on shots on it because it you know it's probably again it's probably the most difficult one on this whole stage so draw two well-aimed shots and then after that i just feel freed up to just kind of let it rip now there's a couple of hard shoot hard to cover um partials here uh but you know i that's just kind of how my brain works when i see something kind of like this it's sort of it's harder for me to shoot say these other five targets where I'm probably a lot more aggressive and then suddenly have to put the brakes on for that right. no shoot. It's like, you know what? Shoot the no shoot, get it out of the way, and then just sort of let it rip. Right. Because these are, I mean, even though these are partials, that's a lot of area that you still have for aiming. It's not like it's a tuxedo, you know, where you've got you've to be a little bit more cautious when you transition in. So you can still engage those moving and with a lot of speed. Yeah. On those diagonal partials, I'm typically, I'm still shooting for alphas, but I'm biasing, you know, up towards the, the corner uh, right. of, of those A zones. Right. And, you know, I'll, I'll accept on a stage like this is 12 rounds. I mean, ideally I get through this stage with um, 11 alpha, one Charlie. Uh, it might be 10 alpha, two Charlie. You also got that partial no shoot so so there's there's a lot of opportunities here to end up with a couple of charlies i definitely don't want more than two i think more than two you're going to be hard pressed to to hang you know with the top scores uh as far as hit factor on this stage um honestly you're, you're going to see the probably the top hit factors on the stage are going to be all alpha uh maybe 11 alpha and one charlie with a very spicy time um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to hit all alphas on this stage, but my aiming scheme is going to be biased a little bit to, you know, the uh, corners of those, those A zones on those hard cover partials. So right. sometimes it is just what it is. Um, but, and, and, yeah. and this, and for, you know, if this is your first nationals and you see something like this, I would also tend to say that, you know, if, or if you haven't shot that many matches, let's just put it that way. You don't have a lot of match experience. Hitting that no shoot on a short, quick stage like this is death. So yeah, those, those, I mean, those loss of points will kill you on a stage this quick and short. Yeah. It, it, yes. I mean, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> uh, a, a mic no shoot. Or, an alpha no shoot yeah. mic will just obliterate your stage standing. Any any penalty on this stage is going to put you, you know, in the probably fifty percent range at the you know very least on a stage like this. That's again, this is probably uh, you know with the partials on this one, um, you know, this is probably an eight and a half second stage. Uh, so not a lot of time here and uh not a lot of points and so as soon as either right. one of those goes out the window you're you're pretty hosed but uh um yeah i i think that uh shot calling is gonna be super key on this again that's the other reason i think i like shooting the no shoot partial first on this particular stage from a strategy standpoint um two two well-placed shots and then everything else i could shoot probably very aggressively uh, but with good shot calling in order, meaning that, you know, I'm going to shoot those hardcover partials aggressively as well as everything else that's open, but making sure I'm really paying close attention to what my gun's doing, where those shots are called, 
Um, and I'm just going to, I got, I mean, it's a 12 round stage and I can have a fully loaded gun. So uh, I got plenty of shots. I can, you know, shoot a couple of, of makeups um, yep. should I need them. I don't want them, but I want to shoot the stage aggressively as, as aggressively as possible but while still collecting good points. And so shot calling as always is the case. Um, but especially on, on one like this, shot calling is going to be super important. So you don't leave something in the black and have a mic or end up, you know, with four Charlie or something. Right. All right. Stage 16 is a, is all by itself. And this looks like a big stage, 26 rounds anywhere in the shooting area, but you have a stomp pad in the middle. Yep. Outside of the shooting area. And yeah, it doesn't state in our, um, procedure here if that's considered shooting area i suspect it's not that's usually what we do is say that that's not shooting area um right so it'll be one of those things that as you come to that position some people might be inclined to start there uh in the middle i i suspect i mean again we'll see how it actually lays out but i suspect being on the left or being on the right is probably the play here and that you're going to want to just reach out and tap that thing and get back in the shooting area to uh, engage um, it does look like the angles are going to be such that um, you can probably see the bobber from a, quite a quite a wide section of the stage there. But the you got two targets in that middle section that are tucked away on the left and on the right um, that are uh, probably act or probably shot um, either at, towards the beginning of your stage run or later in the stage run, where the middle portion is primarily. Um, just you know, the bobber. Gonna be the bobber. Um, yep, would be my guess. Agree, because so, it, it looks like the the target on the right is going to be pretty close to the left starting position, and then the the target on the left is closer to the right starting position. So yeah, it looks like there's a lot of opportunity for movement. It looks like it's an the targets are the same number on each side on each half. The difference yep. is. You know, the far right, you've got the no shoot versus the um, partial on the left. And then you've got the two targets on the right half, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Whereas on the left half, you've got them stacked with a no shoot in between. So they've, they've done a few things to change it up a little bit. But otherwise, the two halves look identical. Yep. And there's yep. definitely a, a reload in here somewhere. Probably right in the middle, I'm yeah. guessing. Well, again, I think the middle section is going to be where you have most of your movement, where, where you're just trying to cover ground and not doing a lot of shooting. Uh, and so somewhere as you're coming through the middle section, you're likely executing a reload. And perhaps part of that same movement with reload is when you're also uh, hitting the stomp pad. Uh, it, honestly, to me, it kind of almost looks like I could see this stage going either way. But if I was starting in the front left corner there, shooting that first array, um, the next stacked target uh, kind of in a tighter, you know, alleyway there uh, is probably engaged also, you know, kind of more or less part as that of that as part of that first array uh, or trying to blend those first two positions as much as possible. Right. And then executing a reload as you move towards the right side of the stage while hitting the stomp mm. pad. Because you're already kind of forward, and I could come back across as I reload and hit the stomp pad. And again, the bobber looks like it's probably visible from, like, if you're standing in front of 
the uh, it'd be what T one two three four five six seven eight T eight and T nine, which are kind of down another little hallway of sorts. Um, yep. I suspect you can probably shoot those or at least one of those while also seeing and shooting the bobber. And so um, really the stomp pad is just something that's in the middle of the shooting area that you're already probably running through, even if you're going right to left or, or, or left to right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting. That's yeah. just kind of like they threw a widget right in the middle of the stage. Yep. So, and it's the only, uh, as far as I recall, the only uh, activation that's you know not a popper activation. So right, an actual manual activator. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's cool. And again, it, yep. you, it's entirely possible you have. Um, and I do think it is probably a viable stage plan to start more or less next to that stomp pad and start running across to either the left or right, depending on your preference, um, while stepping on that stomp pad and completing your draw. And that also is probably a viable option based on what we're seeing here. Right. Yep. It'll be interesting when, when people get there and actually start walking the stage, or I always like to get there a little bit early on that Thursday where I can watch the staff shoot some of these stages, especially like that one, I would go and watch. Just give me ideas so that then when I walk the stage, I can kind of play around with it a little bit. Yeah, agreed. And isn't it wonderful in USPSA that we're able to do that in the first place? Um, yes. You know, I, I have an appreciation for IPSC style competition as well. And, and the, you know, the whole concept of it really truly is equal uh, when everybody only gets to really see a stage for a couple of minutes as part of their initial uh, uh, stage, you know, description and walkthrough, and then you're off and shooting. Um, the Grand Ipsic, Ipsic usually is not as complex of stages as far as, you know, adding some of the trickier target uh, positionings and things like that. But uh, um, I, I think it's great that we can do that, that we can – you know, really have, you know, the, 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 there's no limit to the amount of creativity that we can design into USPSA style stages. And then that level of creativity also means that there's a lot of preparation that can and should go into uh, our stage planning on such things. And I, I appreciate that we can walk them and, and get a feel for things ahead of time. Agree. Absolutely. Me too. I, that is a benefit, and that is one of the bigger things that separates the two. I think the two big ones are the fact that in Ipsic you can't go outside of the um, stage boundary, the yeah. shooting boundary, uh, and then the be ability to walk. But I think that with Ipsic, unless you're that very high level shooter, you're leaving you're leaving things on the table. Like if I were to go shoot Ipsic World Shoot. And all I have is the three or four minutes to look at it. Well, I, I'm, I'm not at that point in my career where I can go, oh, I know exactly how to shoot this. I know how to, to game it as best you can in Ipsic. Whereas at least here, I'm like, I can take a full day and go, now I've got it ironed out. And I know that if I execute, I will do well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, just the nature that Ipsic, uh, you know, basically it requires you to shoot 
everything while remaining in the shooting area. Uh, that that by nature of that requirement is partly what keeps the stage designs more or less straightforward compared to what we can get away with in USPSA. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking, by the way, I'm shooting IPSC nationals later this year, um, for the first time. And, uh, at least that's the plan. And, and so I'm looking forward to having experiencing that test for the first time, because I have yet right. to shoot a true IPSC uh, rule set, um, in a match. But I have an appreciation for it. I look forward to experiencing it for the first time later this year. Uh, but uh, hey, this is this is USPSA Carry Optics Nationals, and <laughs> so far, you know, I'm I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing uh, conceptually yeah. with with these stage designs. I think it's, I think it has a lot of potential. It'll be a great match and great stages. Um, so it'll be a good time. Now we got uh, stage 17 and 18, which again are these are our final two that are back to back on a single bay. Uh, one of them is Virginia Count at stage 17 that we see here on the screen. 16 rounds. Yep. This is one we touched on earlier. Uh, yeah. Stating it's kind of like that 22 series classifier where you shoot two targets each with four rounds and then perform a mandatory reload and then shoot four rounds again on each of two remaining targets. But in this case, after the reload, you got strong hand only shooting. And instead of a no shoot in the middle uh, stack of targets, we have a uh, left side target with left hard cover or right side. And these are all IPSC, by the way. That's the other major difference. And a right side IPSC with right side uh, hard cover. And then the stack in the middle, the lower IPSC, it's just two IPSC targets, but the upper portion of the front one is... Hard cover. Hard cover. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting test. Uh, with, and depending on exactly, you know, how much, I mean, it looks like that lower middle target is pretty generous in terms of A zone availability. Uh, and so that's, that may very well likely be one that I want to reserve for strong hand only shooting um, along with one of the side targets. Or the other approach might be to shoot off eight rounds of the first. Um, portion of this on the middle array and then save the left and right side targets um, for your strong hand only um, portion of this. Um, I appreciate that there's there's some different um, approaches you could take to this based on your level of comfort of strong hand only shooting. For me personally, I don't want to shoot the upper middle target strong hand only, just me personally. That's not, it's not quite as forgiving the way that's set up for uh, my particular taste. Now, I'd, let me ask you this. Is there a way we could be, because I read this as it's strong hand only for all four targets. Oh, maybe I misread that. Oh, it doesn't say freestyle, does it? No, nowhere. Oh, you know what? Good catch. So, so I think that might be strong hand only, period. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I could be I could be wrong too, but this will be that would be one of the things I checked when I got there. I was like, oh, okay, is it yeah. all strong hand? Yeah, no, you, you're exactly right. This this I could see this going both ways. I could see yes, it, uh, being where where on this abbreviated version of the stage description, they just left out a word um, right. meaning freestyle. Um, so that, that that'll definitely be something on stage 17. You'll want to see what the actual written stage briefing says if it, if there's any freestyle at all or as it indicates here everything is done and then it says comma strong hand only i don't know 
good, good, good yeah. catch there. That could be. Yep. And you know what? That would be kind of interesting. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of opportunities for mics that would definitely change the complexion of things. Yeah, on Virginia count, uh, if all 16 shots are strong hand only, yeah, you will definitely see a fairly high percentage of shooters that will have at least one, if not two, uh, mics. For sure. Especially, like you said, maybe not those other three targets, but that top target, either over, because you're trying to aim a little high to not hit the hard cover, or, you know, like over the shoulders, or into the black of that hard cover. Yeah. If this is a freestyle first half of the string and then reload to strong hand only, my personal preference would be I would shoot the middle lower target and then the right target because as a righty, the right target is the most forgiving uh, between the other remaining targets. But if so it's that, all strong hand only, it'll be a good test. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So 18 is the other half of that bay. And, I, oh, this, yeah, this could, this is the one I was talking about. You could slap a part time on this one. True. And it would be very interesting, especially like you have like a mini accelerator on the left side. Yep. And then a gaggle on the right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, definitely potential for fixed part time. Um, not saying that's what this is, you know, there's no indication of that, but, uh, well, it says scoring Comstock, obviously, but, you know, again, right. we, that could change, but, and this is a, this is one of the, I think there's two stages that have wrist above shoulder start. And then the other unconventional start is uh, hands on Mark, which was like stage two or four or something like that. But right. It was early. Um, and, uh, yeah, mandatory reload as you're, in between transitioning between either the left side or right side or right. Yep. Now yeah. here's something I didn't catch earlier. Okay. But it says standing completely outside the shooting area, straddling the start stick, but your heels are touching the rear fault line, meaning you're facing uprange, not downrange. So this is a turn mm. and shoot. Yeah. I thought fact. it was facing downrange, but it's you would actually have to be facing uprange. Yeah, I did not mark that that uh, ah. heels portion. That's a good catch. Yeah, well. I um, for, I just caught it. And it and it doesn't. Say, you know, granted, it would typically be in the written stage briefing where it would specify the you know the level facing of specifics range. of like yeah, if you have to be facing, yeah. or if you know, can I bias? Can I really bias my feet and you know still have my my heels touching and I can have my body already partially turned who knows right but watch this stage folks because uh this is one where people get in trouble with a uh, dq because they're coming out of the holster too quick yeah and, and, straightforward and but yeah and especially because of that start that start stick location being outside the shooting area and that that's why that's why i'm pointing that out now that um, that could be a, a high probability for, for DQ liability if you're not careful. Yeah, and, and this is different. not, this is definitely one I would, now this is something that I would practice before I got there because you, this is not a turn and draw. This is a turn step and draw. Exactly. Because you got to step into the shooting area and not, you're not in it. So yep. and there's that, a and lot that, going on. 
And that's where that DQ potential uh, or the chance yeah. of that goes up significantly. So I would, if it were me, and if, if we're reading this correctly, I would not begin pulling my gun from holster until <laughs> I have already got at least one foot planted fully in that shooting area. This is like two years ago at CMP, that one stage where you started in the middle, hands on the wall and you had to run back to the left and people were drawing their guns too soon and getting disqualified. Yep. 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 Yeah. So watch this one. Good catch on that. Stage 19. This is our other 32 round count stage. This is, looks to be, this looks to be probably the largest stage in terms of shooting area. Of this is ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we're just looking at walls and assuming these are all eight foot walls, I mean, that starts giving you a sense of the scale. Yeah. It's, it's massive. It doesn't appear. Now I don't know for sure exactly how deep these uh, new bays, bays are. Bays. Right. Um, but, you know, looking at the scale of this thing, um, there could be most of the shooting bay taken up just by the length of this uh, shooting and area. width. Yeah. So the, so the actual, I suspect on this particular stage um, that the shooting challenge may not be as much of a distance thing as far as distance to target, but just that it's a massive stage with a lot of uh, movement, a lot of positions, a lot of different, you know, kind of broken up target arrays. And so um, a lot of opportunity for missteps and inefficiencies if you're not careful with how you execute this movement wise. And the start is right back here in the middle on the straddling the start stick. So now it's like, okay, I almost feel like this is one of those where you run just far enough to the left to see this target and then start headed to the right. And there's going to be some wide transitions in here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. It'll it, be it, interesting. There appears to be some opportunity to engage a few things on the move. But again, yes. some of it's just really broken up and, and rather choppy. So really yeah. um, being efficient on entries and exits of positions, uh, making sure you have the gun up ready to shoot as you're going into positions, all that's going to be super critical. Because I'm as I'm as I'm looking at it, there is at least one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe as many as seven different shooting positions. How yeah. much of that you can do on the move? That's a good question. How much of that you can blend? There's definitely some opportunity there as well. But there's at least, I, I, there's, I think there's at least seven shooting positions here. So you, that really gives you a sense of, I mean, this is, this is a stage that's going to be up in the 20 plus second range just because of the sheer amount of movement. that you And, and probably most competitors are going to be closer to the 30 seconds just because of the size of this and all of the stopping and moving. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like you're saying, I mean, there are a bunch of targets that, like, you're going to have to go deep into this up front to get that. You've got to go all the way up front to get that one. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to come somewhere all the way over here. to. So, yeah, there's a lot of – they're going to make you go a lot of places. Yep. Yep. Agreed. This this will be uh, – this is a high – I mean, so – how important this is if you care about doing well at this match is that 
this is a high point stage, right? I mean, this is max it's 160 points. Um, and uh, there's a lot of opportunity to, to separate the top performers from the not as top performers just based on inefficiencies of, of right position entries and exits and movement on this stage. So uh, that's, yeah, this, this is a good um, kick in the pants for me. When I saw this stage, I was like, oh, man, like movement's been a, a, a big focus of mine for the last little while now. And trying, and especially with positional entry and exit, uh, just trying to get better and more efficient at that kind of stuff. And this is one that's going to kick your butt if you're not up to up to snuff on that. Absolutely. Stage 20. Another this, big stage, 30 rounds. It is. Um, and this is the but, other stage that is a table start, or in this case, looks like a barrel. Yes. And really what you have is three different shooting areas that are boxes. They're probably eight by eight foot boxes. Um, you know, the, the boxes look to be about the length of the foot. Uh, Agree. Yeah, you know, if it's it, proportioned correctly. Yeah, it matches the scale of the, of the wall lengths. Yeah. So you basically got eight by eight foot boxes, three of them, but you're starting in the middle one and it's kind of already halfway down the, down the stage. So that's kind of an interesting thing here. So you got to retreat no matter what you do. Yes. And that, and I find that interesting because yes, you're starting in the middle. Um, the handgun is loaded. They're not making you leave your mags on the barrel, but again, wide transitions, yeah, you're gonna because look at it. Look on the screen. You've got this little mini popper way over here to the right. Yep. And you've got this target way over here to the left at exactly nine o'clock. And the only place you're going to get those more than likely is that middle section. That's like a hundred and twenty, hundred and forty degree transition. Maybe hundred fifty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. This is a this is a really interesting stage to see on the heels of the one we just talked about, which is a massive stage where the movement piece and position entry exit and all that is a huge emphasis. Right. This one, so much of the emphasis is on transitions and particularly wide transitions. I agree. I, I picked up yeah. on that and noticed that what you have is, you know, a whole bunch of targets set out hit there. Cause again, this is a 30 round stage. So yeah. almost, you know, 32 rounds, uh, 150 points here. You have a lot of targets and every one of these boxes, every one of these boxes, you are going to have wide hard left and hard right transitions at some point during uh, the uh, the engagement here. Uh, and now there's going to be some options, it appears, where some of these you can hit from multiple boxes. Right. I mean, there's going to be some of these targets that you must only hit from certain boxes. And you're gonna have some that are options where you ha clearly have some targets that are downrange that are more or less straight ahead of the general shooting areas, uh, where it's sort of like, well, when do I want to maybe, you know, do I want to optionally engage some of these further, you know, direct directly downrange targets, uh, maybe further back, or do I want to get a little bit closer? Um, and that may play into just some of your general strategy with respect to. When am I going to reload? How am I going to reload? And in what order am I going to engage certain things in? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think for, if this were to stay loyal to the diagram, I think I would retreat 
and then go forward. But that just because, again, based on my strengths, I just feel like I could much easier, I could initially start shooting, run back, shoot, and then reload as I'm going forward. So by the time I reach the box, I'm ready to go. Mm. But just try, I mean, this is another 150 degree transition. Yep. And and you can only do it from back here. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Yep. Oof. Yeah. What'll be the most interesting to me watching like the super squad is how many of these targets, as you said it from right here, that starting box, are they going to hit that popper? Are they going to, is that going to be visible? Like how many of these targets are they going to take from back here? Yep. It'll I think be it's interesting. That the, uh, the two, there's a popper and a mini popper that are, you know, to the left there next to each other. Yeah. It's pretty Can clear. Only. Are going to be from that middle box, right? Yeah. I almost feel like that paper is going to be from that, box too well it probably makes most sense i think to shoot it from there i don't know that yeah. you can reach it from that other box in the front left um but right, yeah but what do you what do you do with this guy because it'll be visible but you have to move up and shoot this one anyway right or these yeah. two so maybe yeah. you just leave it it'll be interesting i think this stage uh, i'm not seeing anything in this match um that is you know a true memory type stage but I think this is this stage here is kind of the, the closest thing to that, where there's this is probably the one stage that has the greatest risk in terms of uh, failure to shoot at penalties, because um, it, there's just so much going on from all these three different shooting yeah. areas that it's probably easy to overlook something. Um, if you're not really dialed into your stage plan and having it memorized properly or even, yeah. Or even shoot a target twice, twice. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Because I almost feel like I would just start shooting right to left <laughs> in a mm. big arc and then run back, shoot and then run forward. You know what I mean? So I would hope that I wouldn't shoot something twice, but yep. I mean, this target can be seen from both, both of these boxes. So yep. man, and yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, this is another stage, kind of like that last one, that are that the times are going to be fairly high. Um, you know, 20-plus seconds for sure, maybe even more like 25-plus seconds on this stage. And so, you know, when, when, when you're considering that, we're, we're, these last couple stages we're looking at are probably relatively low hit factor. Um, so points are going to really be critical. Agree. And that brings us to the last one. Number 21, a 25 another, another round big stage. <laughs> Whoa. And it's a front start. Yeah. So, and out of these last three monster stages, this one is probably, well, that last one, 20, probably has a few fairly long shots. Uh, this one here, I think, will probably have the longest shots out of the last three that we reviewed. So, yeah, front start position, like you noted. Um, in a, a large stage area, shooting area, you got to cover, um, including this, like, as you note, there's this diagonal shooting area with a diagonal wall. So yeah, at this point, everybody's got to come back to the very back of the stage and yep. work their way up that diagonal. Um, almost certainly, obviously that's where everybody's going to end up is that, that front right, um, area in the corner. Yep. 
So it'll be interesting to see like the timing of this bobber with this popper over here. Yep. You know, the it's order the with which people pitch. shoot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um Yeah, that popper's kind of hiding back tucked behind some barrels there. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're you're probably only able to see it from that basically near that starting position, maybe slightly to the right of the start stick. Uh, so yeah, make, you know, making the hit count on that popper. And then what else can I engage during that time? Um, yeah. There's not a ton of options that don't require a fairly wide transition either to the bobber itself or because like I see basically popper activation and then an open ipsic to the left of it but then you got a wide transition over to the bobber or you go popper activation, wide transition to the back open ipsic to the right of the bobber and then bobber. Yep. So either way you got a, you got a wide transition in the front there. If you're trying to do some work while um, activating the, the bobber itself, um, another stage that's kind of broken up as far as you got targets all over the place, including <laughs> targets that are optional you know based on a, you have multiple options that you a couple targets you could engage from different positions so how you want to work that into your plan and strategy um yeah i think once you get to the rear most portion of the stage from there it be, this becomes a lot more straightforward where you're basically marching your way forward and to the right um, with a yep. couple of target arrays but the first half of this stage has got some options and uh, you know, some decisions will have to be made. I, th I think from that very back position, once you shoot this target on the back left and then turn, everything's going to be moving forward until you yep. hit this position. You know, everything's going to be, for those high-level guys, they're going to be shooting this on the move. They'll shoot this one on the move coming down, and as they're coming into position, they'll start shooting these two and finish on that guy right there. Yeah, it seems likely. Yeah. Yep. yep. Assuming that again, <laughs> it looks the same on on the ground as it does. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, but yeah, yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. Yep. That's the disclaimer of the podcast. Here is we'll see what it looks like on the ground. So some people probably be like, "Well, what's the point of doing this preview when you know we we can't know exactly what we're going to be faced with until we get there?" But I think part of this is you know what we're seeing is, and, and I expect this. Um, of a national level match where like what are the type of shooting tests we're going to be faced with and i expect to see that for the most part most everything gets tested in, in some fashion as far as single-handed shooting maybe unconventional start positions um, we're testing wide transitions narrow transitions lots of movement movement of different types shooting on the move um, strategy stuff stage planning you know decision making how how good and how smart you are with that stuff uh it, this is this is a match i mean there, there maybe is based on what we've seen there may be a few things that are are missing as far as we've touched on um so far we don't see anything described as requiring mags to be picked up and stowed uh not seeing on these diagrams any low shooting uh positions we're not seeing Cooper tunnels. We're not seeing any doors that had to be opened, um, things of that right. nature. But uh, but this definitely you know kind of sets the stage of okay. 
are, are wide transitions uh, a, a weakness for you? Well, you probably want to spend the next, you know, your last remaining time here based on stage 20 and stage 21, especially working on some wide transition work is movement, you know, something that, that you need to work on because you're going to have some stages here where that is super important and, uh, you know, position entries and exits, super, super important. I think so far, you know, we've touched on this a few times, shooting on the move um, is probably a good thing to practice and work on. And, uh, you know, looking at once you get to the match, seeing where you can utilize that, because there's definitely, I think, some opportunities that can separate, uh, you know, the, the high performers from uh, the not so high performers. And so there's a lot of good things going for this match based on the, the stages we just reviewed. And it, it's, it certainly has given me some food for thought as far as where I want to spend a little bit of my emphasis, in my, my last remaining practice sessions. I'll tell you one thing for sure. And I kind of anticipated this, but I am for sure going to dedicate some serious practice time to single hand uh, shooting, uh, mm. especially a little bit more now than maybe I was in plant than I was intending on the strong hand only. Because if I have that whole stage, in fact, I'm probably my next practice session, I'm going to probably set up as best as I can something that looks like that stage 17 and practice that. Oh, yeah. All strong hand only. Um, just in case that is, in fact, the way it's going to be run, which it appears as though that is the case. Um, and then, of course, some weekend only stuff as well, although we really only have the one stage where I think that's a factor. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it paints the picture of what I'm going to spend my time doing the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing about going through it like this is pointing those things out you know even even that one stage that we looked at where it's a turn step into the shooting area and then draw you know yeah. making sure you're comfortable with that and familiar with how you're going to do it yep yeah that'd be yeah spot on i think that'll be another thing that i'll um, at the very least set up in dry fire and uh, yeah. make sure that I've got that, you know, down. Cause I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've ever shot a, a stage with a start position quite like that. Um, certainly plenty of those where you're facing up range, but you're already in the shooting area. Right. So it's just a pure yeah. turn turn. Um, and uh, so that's, that's an interesting little mix. It, it really is. And like you said, I mean, there, that is definitely an opportunity for disqualification. So, you know, that's one of those where, you know what, if you take an extra half a second being safe, it's well worth it. So. Yeah. Uh, I, that's not, I mean, we're with, based on that start position, even with the top shooters, uh, that's probably one where the first shot's not happening until 1.5, 1.8 seconds, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I don't think you're going to see Mason Lane um, trying to throw down a 1.2 turn and step in and draw on the first target on that stage. And that makes me wonder, too. So for those guys, I wonder what's going through their head because they're so used to shooting at a certain pace and all of that. Are they, is it going to be in their mind as they're shooting like, wow, I feel like I'm way behind. You know what I mean? Like, cause mm -hmm. that would, that, that would creep into my head. Like, man, that was slow. 
and it would tempt me to try to shoot faster, which I would try to do and then fail. But, you know, yep. it'd be interesting how all of this affects their mental portion of the game. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's true for all of us, honestly. Um, one of the things that stood out to me as I was glancing at my papers here that I just stacked up neatly, stage one, back to stage one. So one stage, the whole match that's unloaded start. So again, that's why we, I think it's good to do this kind of, you know, match preview because yeah. I'm not going to spend a lot of time working on my unloaded start. I'll do, I'll do a little bit of dry work, uh, you know, because it's, it's unloaded and it's on table. Okay. Right. Not um, hard. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll spend maybe 10 minutes in, you know, maybe the week before the match just to, all right. Yep. Cool. Got it. I've done it before. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm not seeing, you know, we've seen some, some matches where you've got almost one unloaded start per zone. Right. And that's, we're just not seeing that here. So that's one thing I'm going to, at this point, I'm like, nope, not going to worry about spending a lot of time on unloaded, unloaded start practice. And you see that it's kind of a, the Instagram trend, right? Guys like, Oh, look how I can, you know, unload start, get first round off on a 20 yard popper and, you know, 0.9. <laughs> it's like, that's cool, bro. But um, not relevant to this match, I would say. Right. Yeah. And, and right or wrong. I don't even know, to be honest with you, I'm pretty comfortable with those kind of starts. So I would probably just the night before, cause I'll do like a half hour dry fire each night in between the days. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I would do it. It's like, oh, that's tomorrow. Here, I'll do five minutes of just, you know, this is how I'm going to grab it and just practice that initial grab and move. So I've got that down and then that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. I, that will be one that I'm shooting on my first day. Um, I think it'll be my second to last. No, that's not true. It'll be like my third stage, I think, that I shoot. Um, right. So that'll be something that I'd probably, you know, touch up on, like you said, probably the night before for, you know, 10 reps or something, you know, just make yeah. sure uh, that it, I'm not, you know, stupid about it. So uh, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it um, from that perspective. So that, that's, that's, that's the whole point. Like I said, is this gives us a sense of where to focus our efforts and where not to in the next couple of weeks. I kind of wish we got these, uh, the matchbook a little bit sooner. Um I, I'm of the opinion with with especially national level matches, national championships. I really think that we should have match books at least four weeks. A, yeah, of, of as I match. say, about a month out is good. Yeah, um, preferably yeah. honestly, because a lot of guys start ramping up practice uh, even before that. Uh, I mean, honestly, six weeks beforehand would be would be great. But um, you know, we got this basically three weeks out, uh, so. Yeah, you know, at least at least we got it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you could even say less than that because they put it out right as an area match is starting. So who's, you know what I mean? A lot That's of true. there's going to be a lot of guys who are shooting the area matches that you know they're not going to start yeah. on this till this coming week or whatever. So, and I'm not. That's not an insult or or you know I'm not trying to complain. It's just it is what it is. I know it's a lot of work, you know, to put together uh, national championship matches and yep. to put together all the stages and to try to test all these different skills like we touched on here today. Uh, and I'm appreciative of the work that goes into it. 
Um, and and you're, you're 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 correct. I think we got Area Five going on this week, uh, this weekend, right yeah. now as we're recording this. Yep. Area Four is next week, which I'm shooting um, actually on staff day because I'm teaching a class that same weekend. It's nice that it's uh, just two hours away from where I'm teaching in Temple, Texas, next weekend, and so I'm going in a little bit early and shooting. I, I thought about shooting it on Friday. I'm teaching the, the Saturday, Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. Thought about thought about shooting the Area Four on Friday. Uh, but I kind of, you know, thought maybe that's not the smartest thing when I got to, you know, be on my feet teaching for two days. So, right. uh, I'm going to shoot it on Thursday, which means I will not have advanced, um, you know, looks at the stages. I'll get there and, um, shoot it just like the staff will. There you go. There's your Ipsic match. Should be a good time though. <laughs> you know, and, and I've had matches where that's gone really well, um, when I've not overthought the stages. Um, uh, but there's always that risk that there's that one or two stages, that's really complex uh, or requires, you know, some, a little bit more thinking uh, as far as like decision-making. Um, and then there, of course, is that risk that you happen to land on a fairly complicated stage and you're the first person to go. So, right. You know, it, it just is what it is to do the best that I can at area four. I'm glad I get that opportunity and, and get to use it a little bit as, as, uh, as, as a major map match preparation for nationals. It's two weeks later. So, yeah. And the last thing I just threw up real quick, I know we talked about a little bit earlier, but they are doing the build drill challenge again. And, but the, the difference is $20 gets you the two attempts like last year, um, cash prizes again, but whoever wins that initial wins, quote unquote wins, it's actually the qualifier. Then you go up against Isaac. <laughs> so yep. it'll be interesting. And like you said, Colt is actually going to match whatever that cash prize is. So that's cool. It really is. And it says they're also awarding cash prizes based. Well, it says by division. I think they mean by, by uh, class um, because mm. we're all shooting carry off. It's all one division. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's just a misprint there, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this come back. And obviously, you know, everyone knows uh, Isaac by reputation now. Uh, as far as uh, he's he's the he's the current build drill king throwing down that one two three second run last year, which I you know uh, Isaac's a good buddy of mine and, and in fact we're rooming together uh, for nationals oh. as we've done the last couple of years and I was right there as I watched him and if you saw the footage of him with that one point two three run I was I was the cameraman so oh okay yeah I did see it. Yeah, I got to I, I got to see that firsthand and it was pretty exciting to see. There was a lot of great heat last year even and i think there's going to be even more heat this year because people are going to be a little bit more prepared for it um and people are going to want to knock uh, isaac off of uh that pedestal i'm sure um, i'll take some stabs at it uh, i i'm pretty confident i cannot uh do as well as isaac can but here's what i like about this year's twist and i was talking to isaac just a day or two ago um, and, and my understanding is he, he's not participating in the qualifying portion of this. He's just shooting in the final because he meant, he told, he mentioned to me, he's, he's like, I got six attempts because that's what the final is, is, is the, uh, the, the, the final will be two shooters, six attempts each. And as they progress through that, I think, um, I don't know if it's going to be like a coin flip or, or how, who's going to be, how it's going to be, or maybe it's just the challenger is going to get to go first. But at some point, maybe it's your first attempt, maybe it's your second attempt, maybe it's your third attempt, you can say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold right there 
Isaac, now you oh. do more better. And then okay. he's got six attempts to beat that. Now, I, my understanding is you have you have six attempts, period. So um, if it takes him two attempts to beat the time you set on your third attempt, then – he can he can well he can say okay I got you beat you've got three more attempts to now beat me you know like it basically can go oh. back and forth until you're out of attempts and whoever has the overall fastest run um, that's clean uh, will be crowned the champion of that and we'll probably get a really nice cash prize because if it's anything like last year Isaac walked away with uh, well. He was the yeah. big winner of 2022 carry optics Huge. National in terms of cash. <laughs> yes, he was. Nils might've won a trophy, but Isaac walked home with a pocket full of cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and a pretty good, like it was a I, chunk. I was, yeah. I think it was like $3,000 or there. Yeah. So I suspect this go is going to be even more because it's going to be matched by Colt. Um, uh, you know, so I, I was I was uh, lucky enough to to win master class last year, and uh, uh, wh- whether it's sad to say or not, I don't know. I'm, I'm still master class, so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do my best to to win master class again because I don't think I'm going to be classing up before nationals here. So uh, we'll do my best to hold my master class uh, title, if you will. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> At least for one more year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, thanks for coming on, Riley. It was a good talk. We talked about a lot of, I think, a lot of nuances that need to be considered going into the walkthrough. So, Absolutely. And, and my understanding is that you're still not in the match. Um, but I am, I, I am I not. Hope- I hope that you are able to get in. I think today, based on the email I received from uh, Jake Martins uh, yesterday or the day before, uh, that he said that by midnight tonight, and this is June 3rd, Saturday, uh, is the last day to withdraw and get any kind of refund. So, um, you know, my, my, my hope is, for your sake, David, is that, um, you know, I'd be watching, you know, your email today if, you're on the wait list. Uh, maybe you'll be able to get in because there'll be enough people that drop out and maybe you should still show up in the match. Cause I think, I think, and this is true. I think of anybody listening, if you really want to shoot care optics nationals, now maybe you're not in a position to be able to get away with this, but I think if you show up with cash in hand on hmm. Thursday, June 22nd and say, Hey, is there any last minute dropouts? And can I still squeeze into the map match? I think there's a chance, a pretty good chance you can do that. And I know people have done that in years past for national championships. So uh, I hope to see you there, David. Yeah, no guarantees. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I, I actually did just have a meniscus repair like a little over two weeks ago. So oh. at this point, if it were tomorrow, I, I wouldn't be doing it for sure. Gotcha. So I don't know what it's even going to be like in two weeks from now. So good luck or three uh, on your healing and recovery. Yeah, Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Ah, thanks for being on. It was fun. We'll have to do this more, more frequently. Absolutely. Brother. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.